You're pretty. Very pretty. You have a remarkable figure. Quite full. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silver and Gold! Coming to the ring from parts unknown at a combined weight of 853 pounds, Piccolo and Dr. Zong! Good morning, evening, night to all of you out there. This is Silver and Gold, episode number three. Homes from Home Sweet Misery, the Deep South Bunker. I am the Loaf, and with me, the Doctor Zom. Misery loves company. This is me. I'm here. This is the Zom, and this is, uh, like I said, episode three. This week, we're doing our. Um, People on a Train episode, I guess you could say. We got a little uh, little film from 72 called Boxcar Bertha. Mr. Uh, what was that guy's name again? Martin. Martin. Lawrence? Oh, I don't know. His name sounded really familiar, but we'll get to that. And uh, 2011's, and I can't remember the director's name, but um, we covered Hobo with a Shotgun. So um, that'll be some fun discussion in just a bit. But first, Sam, how are you? Well, um, I'm doing okay. I had a uh, strange incident uh, last night uh, as I wore um, my apparel to, you know, work. And I realized that I, I had one sock that was a normal sock. And I wore another sock that was looked like, um, I don't know, like Andre the Giant had worn it. But it was the matching sock. But the top of it was so stretched out. And when I, by the time I got to work, I looked and it looked like, you know, uh, either one of my legs had shrunk. And, I mean, it, it, was, it was very, um, I don't know, it, it really unnerved me because I think that somebody is sneaking in my house and wearing one of my socks. A one-legged man with a big leg, <laughs> a big and, fat like elephantitis leg. Uh, uh, Jesus, I mean, well, and then I kind of thought maybe that Mary might have, um, um, for some reason, decided to try and stick her whole big head in my sock, which is poor, <laughs> probably more than likely what happened. Everything's cool. Uh, just um, had a little thunderstorm here this morning, but uh, you know, awesome. and if I if I sound just a little bit. Uh, like a little bit like this and a little bit like I'm a little discombobulated. It's uh, because um, I just woke up. So And I woke him up with his Christmas themed, Christmas tune phone. So. La, na, 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 na. <laughs> 
Zom is a big sweetie Santa Claus at heart and lives Christmas year round. It's amazing, especially when I'm raping. Oh boy. Okay. So what's you've been? What have you been watching this past week? All righty. Um, don't and don't say you had a slow week and then name fifty eight movies. That's what I can't figure out. I hear these guys like you know with the year end thing, and oh, you know, I hope I get in this many movies and everything. And I was thinking in in our last few shows, you know, if I watch this many movies every week, that I'm probably sitting on about five thousand movies by the end of the year. Okay, but we're gonna roll through these. Okay, the first one was Hollywood Man, 1976, with William Smith. Uh, it's a low-budget action fair, um, and it was okay. Uh, it's not great or anything, but I like anything that's got William Smith in it because he's uh, he's uh, kind of weird. He's big and he's macho, but he's kind of we- in a weird way, um, and he plays a hero in this. But uh, it was it was all right. Uh, the next one I watched, and I don't know why I watched it. I think somebody may have recommended it or something, or I, I think actually I just read about it on a website and it was called the woman from 2011. Hmm. And uh, have you seen this? No. Uh, Carly Baker and Shauna Barry. I didn't have anybody in it that I knew. And as I've spoken before, I'm not a big fan of the gore or the horror genre, right. and this had a little bit of both, and I'm still not a fan of the gore and the horror <laughs> drama. Um, family man, you know, nice family, has uh, a little daughter, older, a little bit of an older daughter and a, and a uh, son, and he's out hunting, and he finds a wild savage, like a uh, woman living in the woods. So what's he do? Of course, he... he uh, abducts her and chains her up in the basement and the whole family, you know, knows that he has her and it's just kind of gets weird. Um, uh, uh, I didn't like it. It was just, uh, it wasn't that it was, it was, I don't know. I just didn't like it. So we'll just move. On. Uh, the next one I liked a lot more. <laughs> it was called Anita Swedish Nymphette from 1973. I feel like I have seen this one. Christina Lindbergh and, Stellan Skarsgård, who was probably about 27 years old or something like that, 26, 27 years old when this was made. Um, this one has a, for a, has something for everybody because when it has Christina Lindbergh, you know, she's naked in it a lot, a lot, because she uh, – but uh, – and, and Stellan Skarsgård is actually a fairly decent actor even back then. And um, so you get the uh, – sexploitation kind of a deal but it's a little bit more than that because it's actually about a girl who is clinically a nymphomaniac and so you know yeah she's going and having sex with anybody that i mean like old men it doesn't matter who the hell it is when the urge hits her but um also you know he is like a um a student uh, who's studying to be a psychiatrist or something. Mm -hmm. And so he's trying to help her. And so, you know, she's, she's really, it's really kind of, um, it's more than just a, you know, a romp, a sexual romp, but she got some nice big boobies. And I like them a lot. Does she ever. And I've seen uh, several of our friends or I don't know if several, but at least one uh, actually. And I can't remember who it was, if it was Ken, I don't want to say people's last names, um, but um, uh, has has met her 
at uh, like some conventions and stuff now. So and he posted some pictures of her. Um, and you know, I mean, my God, this was 1973, and she was young, and you know, now she's older, but you know, she's still not a bad-looking woman. Uh, next one was uh, <sighs> Blue Tiger Freetag, like AKA that. Bloody Friday. That's a good one. Yeah, 1972. Uh, and um, uh, uh, um, what I what happened here is uh, I got about six movies from Cinema Day Bazaar that mm-hmm. I ordered, and they all came right at the weekend. And after I watched Anita Swedish Nymphet, I came too. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, Bloody Friday is a good uh, Euro crime deal. Uh, it's a German Euro crime movie. Uh, takes place in the, of course, in the seventies, and it's uh, it's a kind of an ultra violent kind of a movie, um, but not done in the way of one of the movies that an ultra violent movie that we're going to be reviewing. Well, one of them maybe, but not the other one. Um, I liked it. Uh, I guess uh, this guy Raymond uh, Ham Harms Harms Stort Storf was the uh, guy with the beard and the uh, all the leather and the furry coat that's the main bad guy. And you have some great sunglasses, too. Yeah, and you know, the only reason, and I'm glad that I got the movie because it was really good, but the only reason that I got it was when I looked at the box, I thought it was Franco Nero with a beard. <laughs> and I thought, man, okay, cool, Franco Nero movie, you know, I'll, I'll get this. Because at Cinema Day Bazaar, uh, I think they were running a special or something at the time. Um it wasn't the usual, you know, gentleman special. Uh, they had something else going on, and uh, so I ordered like three movies, and they sent me a thing right back and said, "Okay, well, you know, you can pick three more for free." Ooh. So that was cool. So I had to go through real quick because I wanted to get them. Uh, next one was uh, the Man from Hong Kong, uh, also known as uh, Dragonfly. I think uh, they said it said on the thing that the U.S. Uh, name of it was Dragonflies. That's a weird one. And uh, several people told me, you know, because when I posted the IMDb for it, they were like, I've never heard it called that before. But that's what it says on the IMDb, Dragonflies. Hmm. I mean, that's that's what it goes by. And, um, you know, there's some um, hang gliding in it. Yeah. And you, you blown it all sky high, which was a pretty damn big song, you know, and it, and it was the um, it was the theme song. And which actually surprised me because you know the gentleman had um, reviewed this movie, and I had never seen it, and I always liked um, oh geez George Lazenby uh, his James Bond um, on Her Majesty's Secret Service I liked that movie and I liked him as James Bond so I wanted to see it and I'm glad I did because it was uh, I liked it a lot I, I really liked it a lot I watched this movie. And it was one of these ones, you know, you watched a movie and you really liked it when as soon as it's over, you want to start it over again. Nice. And uh, I did. I didn't, but I wanted to. Oh. I I held off because I had all these other ones to uh, run through. (laughs) Um, And the next one, and one of the reasons that I I, uh, didn't watch it again was I had to watch Hands of Steel. Nice. Uh, 1986. Uh, Paco and... uh, Blanco, Paco Blanco, and George Eastman. And I'd uh, never seen this one. Another uh, gentleman's uh, uh, suggestion. That one goes way back. Oh, yeah. And um, I fucking loved it. 
Um, <laughs> I think uh, I liked Man from Hong Kong better just because it was more of a, um, you know, done more seriously. And I liked uh, Hands of Steel because it was one of those so bad it's good deals, of course, which is what they had talked about. But Saxon with that fucking laser is hilarious. I, the goddamn laser. It's like, <laughs> get the laser. And then everybody, that, there was only two people that shot the laser. But the, when they shot it, they would just like walk in and there's nobody even there. They don't even see anybody and they're just shooting it. And he's shooting. And maybe it's because it was so powerful that like it, he, it was hard holding it in place. But he would be shooting like if, I, if you were standing right in front of me and I just start shooting at the ceiling. <laughs> you know, it, it was like fucked up. Um, Daniel Green was uh, was awesome. You know, um, uh, but I I uh, it it motivated me to start one of my Facebook um, questions, which was you know who did you like better, uh, Daniel Green or um, George Eastman? And you know, uh, but what the hell was uh, George Eastman's name in the movie? Oh, I don't remember. Shit. Uh, but, I mean, so, anyway, um, almost without question, everybody picked Paco. And um, I just feel that um, that I had to go with Eastman because, you know, fucking Paco was a cyborg. So, I mean, on, like, the arm <laughs> wrestling and shit, that's not un- fair. Unfair advantage, definitely. Raul. Raul. I had to go with Raul because, I mean, here's Paco, uh, comes into this fucking town. You know, he's the outsider. And let me tell you something from past experience. If you're the outsider, you know, if the girl's been, the guy could be, he could be just the most macho, like George Eastman, macho, moose macho, uh, you know, badass and everything. And if he's been around for a while, then here comes the new guy. Chicks always go for the new guy because they don't know it, you know. Yep. But he was a cyborg, and that's horseshit. You know, you're going to arm wrestle. <laughs> goddamn, you know, he should have been disqualified for that. And, I mean, even against Blanco, against Blanco, who looked like uh, kind of like King Kong Bundy, sort of. <laughs> um, you know, but I thought it was pretty good. I, I liked it. Um, next one uh, was a movie called The Rogue from 1971. And uh, the only reason I picked this one uh, – from Cinema Day Bazaar, was uh, there was one person in it that uh, sold it for me, and it was Barbara Boucher. Yeah. And in the description, it said it was like her her uh, wildest, uh, most erotic movie that she ever made. And uh, if you want to see Barbara Boucher naked, uh, she's naked in this movie, like all the time. She's in it all the time. Not all the time, but pretty much. And uh, she has, she's naked and having sex in it a lot. Um, and um, this movie is a Serbian film, although, you know, nobody is screwing kids or it's not cutting an, babies' heads off and screwing them or anything like that. The A Serbian film, just yes, a, the, a Serbian film. It was film. made in Yugoslavia at the time when it was still Yugoslavia. Um, <laughs> uh, Mia Drag, Andrik, and a bunch of other people that had strange names were in this movie. But Boucher must have, uh, you know, she was the only American or whatever the hell she was. I think she was American. 
You know, Boucher sounds French, but she was not French. Um, I watched Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore, 1974. Yay. Which was another <laughs> uh, of that Martin guy's movies. Right. Uh, that's did uh, Boxcar Bertha. Scorsese. Scorsese or something like that. Scorsese. Um, I love this movie. I hadn't seen it in a while, and um, it actually was on uh, YouTube in uh, like 12 parts. And um, I still need to watch that Moonrunners thing. It's just, yeah. My my problem is I don't like sitting in front of the computer to watch movies. I, I hate to... sitting in front of the computer watching movies. So what I wanted to do was actually watch a, the Moonrunners on my iPad, but for some reason only fucking parts like 4 through 10 will load on the iPad. Otherwise it says this video is not available. I don't understand why. It's an Apple product. Um, they it's just <laughs> shitty. Uh, I would definitely recommend that you get rid of that. Um, they're 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 done. Um, <laughs> this movie, there are some parts in it that are just funny as shit. Um, Ellen Burstyn won the uh, Oscar for uh, best actress, and um, I even posted this on my Facebook when I got done watching this movie. I wanted to marry um, Alice. Ellen Burstyn, mm-hmm. and I wanted to be David Chris Christopherson because he was so cool. Um, just a cool guy, nice guy, cool guy. After she went through so much, she is. She, I, I, I tell. I really liked that one, um, <laughs> and I had no idea before I watched it that the TV show that I loved mm-hmm. as a child was a spinoff of it. Yeah, but it, it, it's weird because I don't. That's one of those shows that you watch when you're a child and have no idea why. Like, there's nothing appealing about that to a kid. Yeah. I don't think. But I would, yeah, I, maybe that was what I liked, but yeah, I remembered. I mean, every single character. I was like, as I'm watching the movie, I'm like, wait, Mel, what the fuck? <laughs> there, and Mel was in it, like uh, Vic Tavak was the yeah, only, and and the guy that I, was the the what's her face, kiss my grits, lady. She changed in the show. Yeah, it was Diane La- Diane uh, Diane Ladd, uh, in no relation. Movie. Uh, she was yeah, <laughs> Laura Dern's mother. Um, <laughs> Uh, and um, Bruce Stern was her, the 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 seed that flowered Dang Diane Ladd to have, yeah. And uh, but um, and I will say this, you know, I know that um, in the TV show, you know, Kiss My Grits, we all thought that was funny, but Diane Ladd's uh, things that she says are a little bit more colorful, if you will, <laughs> and funny. Yeah. Uh, next one I watched was uh, Death Rides a Horse with John Philip Law and uh, Lee Van Cleef. Uh, I had I've, seen I've actually seen your movies this week. Yeah, well, there you go. Hey, man. We're, we're, well, we're starting to sync. We had to sync up. I had to jump in my do- Dropbox and sync, uh, <laughs> or jump in your Dropbox Ooh. or something like that. Um, I had seen this before. I actually have this one. I think I got it from Cinema Day Bazaar uh, a long time ago. And um, I caught it uh, on this, which let me tell you something about the this channel. And if the people that uh, program this are listening, you're starting to jump the shark, assholes, because you were a really <laughs> cool channel for a while. And then when you showed RoboCop 3 like about fucking 50 times in two days, I'm sorry, you need to move on. And Michael J. Fox movies, screw that. Get back to showing the shit that I liked. <laughs> uh, next one I watched... Um, Oh, geez. Shadow Man with Steven Seagal. <laughs> um, the, uh, okay, this is basic Seagal. This is when he was, he's big and fat, and um, he wears the big, uh, he put the big leather trench coat on toward the end. He had a, a smaller 
like kind of a coat that came down a little bit past his waist, uh, even though his waist seems to get longer and larger. Uh, the best part of the movie, is, other than the um, Seagal, is a chick called uh, named Eva Pope. And, um, of course, she was the kind of the chick that he was trying to help, and she had big boobs. And not to be sexist, but she had big boobs. And knowing <laughs> what a pervert Steven Seagal is, um, I imagine he had a lot to do with the casting. Um, a friend of mine, Rick, uh, and I were watching it, and um, we were discussing that in in a lot of movies, say like a Bruce Willis movie, or even, you know, hey, look at the Expendables, Stallone. You know, he's fighting Steve Austin. And um, the hero usually in a movie at one point will take a tremendous ass whipping. Right. And then he, he, he has to overcome that or make a comeback or whatever, you know, it's like in wrestling Hulk Hogan had to get beat down and get the shit beat out of him for a while. So he looked vulnerable and then it was cool when he fired up, made the comeback. Definitely. Steven Seagal movies, especially <laughs> these ones where he's big and fat. He doesn't, he, there's no, he just can beat everybody. No matter what, I think usually was, with him, he his uh, being on the ropes is when a person close to him gets in trouble. Yeah, that's about it. Because we watched so many times in this movie where people would have shotguns, pistols, and machine guns pointed right at him, and he was unarmed, and he was ten feet away from him. <laughs> and it's like, okay, uh, I saw a Burt Reynolds movie. Um, I think it might have been the movie Stick. Um, which had I, which I just brought this up, and it was weird because it's. Uh, I was just looking up some stuff about the stuntman Dar Robinson, and uh, he was in Stick. He played the uh, albino uh, hitman that was trying to kill <laughs> Stick, and he got killed. Actually, you know, um, on on the set of a movie, a documentary about his life. Um, but uh, in the movie, uh, this guy says, "Hey, Stick, you know, uh, if you're going to be like a bodyguard or something like that," and Dar Robinson's like, "Is this?" dipshit driver and it was Burt Reynolds and um, he said you know what do you do if I, if a guy pulls a, a 12 gauge shotgun on you and he goes if he's standing 10 feet away I do whatever he says if he's standing within like uh, 2 feet of me I take it away from him shove it up his ass <laughs> well I, I'm sorry but if I was a villain and I had like probably murdered like lots of people in my life Steven Seagal would be a dead son of a bitch unless that uh, trench coat was bulletproof because they'd have the gun on him, have the hammer back on the gun, their finger on the trigger, and he's 10 feet away, and he still just whips shit out of him. So, but anyway, the girl had big tits, and, you know, that's about it. Uh, <laughs> um, I started watching the movie that uh, Will Lodge, William, from Wee. Canada, uh, recommended uh, Invasion. Uh, directed by Hugo Santiago, uh, 1969's Invasion. Um, it's uh, very hard to find, which he told me. And uh, he said, oh, it's great. You know, it's really good. And, you know, so I, I respect Lajwi and, and his opinion, daddy. And, uh, but um, he was wrong about it being very hard to find because uh, I was just going to look up the trailer or anything I could find about it on YouTube. And it's on YouTube in 12 parts. <laughs> so I <laughs> started watching it. And it's uh, I didn't I hadn't got a chance to finish it yet. I'm about halfway through, and it is really it really is good. At um, we were he and I were talking about it last night. That uh, he said it reminded him of the um, uh, uh, Costa 
uh, Garvis uh, movie Z. And uh, as I was watching it, I told him, I said, it also kind of reminds me of uh, the Battle of Algiers, which was a very good movie, too. And right before um, I fell asleep this morning, before the loaf called me, uh, I was watching, I like the documentary, I like killing flies. Um, Have you seen that? I have not. It is on YouTube Instant Watch, and it is a very good documentary. It's fun to watch. Netflix. 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 Whatever. (laughs) It's on something um, on the internet. Um, It's about a uh, restaurant uh, in New York, uh, Manhattan, I guess. uh, Is it Manhattan? Is there any other place in New York besides Manhattan? Yeah. Um, Brooklyn and... No, well, you know, I guess that's. Uh, <laughs> I'm just lying. Um, no, it's about a um, a uh, guy who has this little kind of crappy kind of mom and pop restaurant, mm-hmm. uh, Kenny uh, Shopsons, and um, his family. They all work there and everything. And he is he is a very very interesting character. Uh, and it's worth a watch. That's another recommendation from Lodge William, which just shows you, baby, that I take all of the recommendations from the GGTMC seriously, and I'm trying to seek them out, daddy. And uh, after that, that's about it um, for me. So I ran mm-hmm. through those at least semi-fast. It didn't take 45 minutes. Not too shabby. This time. All right. So I was in some serious training all weekend, eight hours a day for four straight days. <clears throat> But did uh, I was able to, during uh, the hurricane, was able to get, sneak out into the parking lot uh, during my lunch break and start watching a movie on my iPad, stolen from the hotel Wi-Fi. <laughs> um, so I, was, I must have looked really pathetic sitting there in my car eating lunch and watching uh, this Burt Reynolds movie called The End. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one, I don't know. I, I was surprised when I went to IMDb. Granted, it only has, well, over a thousand votes, six out of ten. But man, this was almost unwatchable. It was yeah. not. Have you seen this one? Yeah, it's a um, kind of a dark uh, comedy. Yeah, sort of deal. The, Dom the, the subject matter doesn't bother me at all, and I, I, I thought there were definitely funny parts of it. But for instance, when um, Burt Reynolds would make like a racist joke. I kind of mm. felt like he was really saying it, not, jo- not joking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he said something about at one point getting turned, like from being sick, being uh, yellow and wrinkled. He's like, I don't want to look like an old Jap. And I'm like, what? That was a joke? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. The, the movie was not very funny. Um, there were parts that I laughed at, but for the most part, I had to struggle through this one. I, I don't, I'm, I'm anal. I don't like quitting movies. Yeah. Uh, I almost quit this one. Uh, it took me like four restarts. <laughs> well, um, with Bert, um, from some of the things where I've seen, like now that he's older and he likes, uh, you know, slaps reporters, and uh, then, you know, I I just posted not that long ago a um, an audio um, track or an audio little short interview with Marlon Brando from the set of Apocalypse Now, mm-hmm. and somebody asked him about Burt Reynolds, and he didn't have a lot of kind things to say about Burt, and he kind of said that he was kind of a, a selfish, uh, self-obsessed egomaniac and a little bit of a racist asshole. Not, I mean, he was just talking because Brando was big into the uh, American Indian movement, sure. and um, he said that... Uh, Bert was used, made uh, the man who loved cat dancing and 
they were getting some shit about it uh, from, uh, I guess, the uh, Native American movement. And uh, he had some little Native American kid there uh, for some photo op. And the kid, you know, being a kid, was getting bored. And, and uh, he just kind of grabbed the kid and said, get over here. I need some pictures taken with you or something. some shit. I can't, something like that. And, you know, Bert, uh, I like his films, some of them. But yeah. uh, I could see him being kind of a dick. Yeah, yeah. It, and I'm the same way. I, I really love watching his, especially older stuff. But I don't know. I don't know. This one was not very, it's, it's a dark comedy about, he wants to kill himself because he finds out he's terminally ill. And his parents have obviously left him in a position where he's kind of a, you know, what's the word when you think you're sick all the time? Um, Hypochondriac? Yeah. And so instead of going through the pain of dying, he just wants to kill himself and mm. he gets put in a mental hospital. And uh, I don't know. It wasn't very funny. There was a lot of, you know, a lot of jokes at the expense of less fortunate or minorities and yeah. they were not funny, which I don't have a problem with that either. I think those are, those can be hilarious if done the right way, but. Not not funny. So and yeah. he directed it too. So maybe that had something to do. I with think Bert would be the kind of person that would be like saying stuff like that all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then saying, "Well, you know, Bernie Casey's a friend of mine, and uh, Charles Nelson Riley and Jim Neighbors are a friend of mine. You know, so I can say gay jokes, and uh, I can say, it, but you know, and it, people overlook it. Yeah. And uh, I also heard somebody say, uh, like, uh, oh, uh, some female actress. Um, described like having sex with him and said that he was just basically having sex with himself and she was there you know like on top of he was on top of her but you know it's just like he was just trying to more or less trying to impress or something like that it was just like that he he's just not much of a i don't know self-centered kind of guy um bert fuck him you know <laughs> That fake ass laugh, Jesus! Yeah. I hate that fake laugh. <laughs> All right, so uh, uh, my theater got um, Troll Hunter, so we went yes. and saw that. Uh, a lot of fun, really, really. Uh, it's 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 not exactly what I thought it was going to be. Um, I thought it was going to be more like, I mean, it is found footage, and I did realize that going in. Mm -hmm. But it's not like Paranormal Activity or something like that where. It's kind of self, it's a little self-aware, and I like how they educate the audience on troll stuff. They throw, you know, they throw throw some stuff in there, like the living under the bridge thing, and mm -hmm. and I didn't realize they were going to show as much troll as they did, and uh, it's it's really good. Um, I'll get to watch it this weekend. Uh, my buddy Tim already told me that he's got it reserved, so cool. we're going to take a look at some troll action. It it slows down a couple times, but uh, it's not it's not like total like it's it's. Not total like scary action all the time. There's mm -hmm. there's down moments, um, so but definitely a solid solid watch. Um, I watched on my first movie on Crackle. Have you ever heard of Crackle? Oh, my God, I thought you were gonna say I watched my first movie on crack. <laughs> <laughs> sure, and it was man. quite an experience. Yeah. Crackle is a kind of an online database. They have TV shows and stuff like that, but they they have some apps on iPad, iPhone that you can watch. So. Um, and I have it on, it's on Roku also, but, um, basically you just have to watch ads every once in a while, but I watched Black Gun, um, a Jim Brown movie from 1972. Uh, it had Martin Landau in it and it was kind of weird seeing Martin Landau be like this racist, like Italian mobster guy. But, um, well, you know what, that, that might be, that could be, you know, when we always say that we like to have a theme running through our movies, it seems like that racism might have a lot to do. Some of the I watch a lot of racist and rapey movies lately, so. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, no, R, the, the two R's. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jim Brown was a fucking specimen in this movie. He, he took his shirt off whenever possible and was always uh, baby oiled up to be nice and shiny regardless of what lighting he was in. Fuck, if um, I was Jim Brown, I'd have took my shirt off. I wouldn't have <laughs> wore a shirt ever. Yeah. Um, it was okay. I mean, it was, it was fun. I liked it. You know, it's typical black exploitation kind of yeah. movie. And I feel like the storyline either was taken from uh, Hell Up in Harlem or the vice vice versa. At least some ideas of it. So, Hell Up in Harlem, that's the first one of the two. No, Black Caesar, excuse me. Yeah, yeah, Black, Black Caesar. Caesar. Yeah. Um, then I watched one that I've had around a while, kind of sitting in the sidelines, um, Mr. Freedom from 1969. Mm-hmm. Uh Directed by this guy, William Klein, who was a, a GI, um, but actually went back to Paris after the war. Mm-hmm. And he made movies in the 60s and 70s. Really bizarre. And uh, not what I thought it was going to be. It, the, what it looked like is that it was going to be <laughs> another kind of kick-ass kind of movie where with a guy kind of putting on... A uniform and fighting. This crime. one has a little bit of racist themes running through. <laughs> Slightly. <laughs> uh, I'll read the, the the synopsis really quick. The um, Mr. Freedom is a pro-American right, I guess right wing superhero who fights for God and country by beating, robbing, robbing, raping, and killing anyone who looks like they might disagree with him. When he hears oh, yeah. t- hears that France is in danger of falling to the commies, Mr. Freedom, well, he's actually he's sent overseas to set things right. Uh, Donald Pleasance plays um, Dr. Freedom, who is the head of Freedom Incorporated, and they they're built, their headquarters is in the same building as the headquarters for like Exxon and uh, GM and stuff like that. And it's very anti-corporate. Uh, it's very anti-imperialist like, America, but it's, also, it's kind of anti-communist in a way also because it kind of paints uh, at least the 1960s Russia. And you, you get a lot of themes... Yeah. that are um, still holding true today. And an yeah. ever-evolving uh, costumes. Yes, yeah, his his costume's t- constantly changing, face paint, and his helmet's what changes the most, but, um, yeah, it's 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 not a great movie. There's, it, it probably goes on a little too long, but it's a it's an interesting idea and way to do it, and kind of, it holds up today. It's still, mm-hmm. still pertinent, so. Uh, another one I've had on the sidelines forever, um, Eric Bana in Chopper from 2000. Lottie Chopper. Lottie Chopper, right? And uh, again, th- this one drug for me a little bit. Um, it was solid, but the, the middle of it, it kind of gets repetitive. Um, yeah, it the, did. The, but it's, it's, it's definitely an interesting story. Um, they, they make it a point to say that it's not exactly true at the well, beginning. But I'll, I'll tell you what... Um, I think that some of that may have had to do with Cholpa uh, and how he uh, he he's kind of some people think that he might be a little bit of a bullshit artist. Right, right. But before this movie was ever put out, I read um, a um, I think FHM when it was really big. You know, now they're not even in America, but uh, uh, when FHM was big in uh, in America, I read an, an interview with him. And uh, it had like his story in an interview about him being like the most famous uh, criminal in uh, Australia. Australia. And uh, yeah, and every time I do say Australia like that, uh, Terry Frost says, boy, you even sound more Southern when you do that. (laughs) So anyway, but uh, everything that was in the movie 
you know, he said back then, and he's put out some books and stuff. So, I mean, but I think, I think that some people just speculate that he might be just a little bit full of shit. Yeah. I feel like it's like a kind of a, almost like a Bronson type story. Yeah. He's not as batshit crazy as, as Bronson. Not Charles Bronson. Well, oh my God. If you ever see interviews with him or hear him talk, he's fucking batshit crazy. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, one of my most memorable moments. Um, well, let's just say this: he's he's. Uh, if you want advice on how to to uh, treat your lady, uh, don't take after Mark uh, Chalpa Raid, because he's like, <laughs> he's like beating her face, and he's like, Tanya, look what you made me do! Right after he punches her mother. Oh yeah, he he does that a lot in the movie. He'll just have a sudden outburst of violence, and then be like, Oh God, I'm sorry. Oh, uh, you know, it's uh. And but I thought I thought Bano I thought ba- this was the one that kind of put Bano on the map. Yeah. Uh, He's great in it than Australia, because he had TV shows. If you look up any clips of him, he had a TV show where he did a lot of impersonations, and it was comedy. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's pretty funny, so he can do do that shit. But man, he makes a lot of shit over here. Yes, he does. Just he, uh, he gets that pretty boy kind of. But I, you know, that's that. the thing. But he's not. I mean, I don't know how what to put him in. I think he's a good actor. And, um, but like the romantic comedies and like, you know, the, the Bolin, you know, the other Bolin girl, you know, when they did, when they don't show Scarlett Johansson or Natalie Portman, Nate, Nick or anything, it's like, what the fuck's the point? You shouldn't even have made this movie. (laughs) You know, I'll watch the goddamn Tudors, you know, at least it had some sex in it. Yeah. Tudors with Hooters. Tudors with Hooters. Um. So yeah, Chopper. It was good, not excellent, but in- interesting nonetheless. Um, mm-hmm. I started watching Miller's Crossing, but I was doing something else at the time, and I realized I couldn't fucking pay attention to that and something else at the same time. Um, Miller's so, Crossing could be it, it. It is in my top top five, maybe even top three movies of all time. I haven't I haven't seen it in years, but I have seen it. Um. And I love it. It it was it was tough for me the first time, and when I started it yesterday, I realized that I was actually going to have to pay attention fully, and it wasn't going to happen at the time. So, um, I've actually, and a lot of listeners might, um, you know, a lot of by a lot, I mean like ten out of the fourteen that we have. Mm-hmm. The uh, <laughs> they might they might associate well with this. I started recataloging my DVDs and movie collection um, mm-hmm. in, in a certain in an application, and so I'm typing in a lot of information and like flipping through DVDs and stuff. So I wanted something, I guess, lighter. So I flipped to mm. beneath the planet of the apes instead. <laughs> ah. And, um, that's lighter. Yeah. It's, uh, no, actually, you know, is that the, that's the second one. That's the second one. It's and, not light. That one's pretty damn, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty, it's, it, it's heavy, but you can I still, you can still kind of glance. Yeah, have fun with it. Um, it was, a. Uh, I, the the only Planet of the Apes movie I'd seen the or of the originals is the first one and I'd seen that one more than once so I've never seen and never seen the last and, it, and it's good and I I I, it, I almost started uh, the the following one after it because I wanted to know how they were gonna continue the story I won't spoil the end but they <laughs> they pretty much just uh, pull the plug yeah um, yeah the and um, Heston said you know he had stipulations on you know they wanted him to come back and be in that one. And he said, "I'll I will only be in it uh, if this happens, and this is what my character does." Yeah. And uh, you know, yeah, I try and tell people, you know, uh, because I'm old fart. 
um, uh, try, try, trying to um, kind of explain to people how Planet of the Apes was to my generation is pretty much how Star Wars was to the next generation. Nobody had ever seen makeup like that. When we watched it, we were like, holy shit, look at that. Oh, my God. Now, of course, now with CGI and everything, you know, it seems like, eh, you know, no big deal. But at the time, yeah, and it's, when you, it still looked good. Yeah. yeah. And um, just and just the story and everything. And then you look you go back and look and, you know, it followed <laughs> in some ways the good and the bad of or not followed, but set the trend for what Lucas did with Star Wars because, OK, the movies progressively got worse mm-hmm. and he kept putting them out, which you know, <laughs> I'm not a big Star Wars fan. I, I, I was for the first two. Uh, when I was a kid, I thought Star Wars was, you know, it's like, holy shit. You know, I remember seeing the trailer before it even came out. We were sitting in a movie theater and they show this trailer for this movie. And I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. I'm dead. I've got to go see this. And he's like, shut up. We ain't going to see no goddamn Star Trek. <laughs> so anyway, because he hated anything sci-fi and we had never seen anything like that. But that's the way Planet of the Apes was. Uh, the merchandising and everything. It, the TV show, they had a cartoon, everything. And uh, but you know, people were kind of like, if you didn't live back then and experience it, you know, you're kind of like, eh, playing the apes. You know, what's that with that Mark mm-hmm. Wahlberg guy? But it was it was a big thing, man. I, uh, I, and I, these are good. I mean, I've liked both the. I, you know, obviously, I like the first one if I've seen it more than once. But um, you know the. This one was good. I, I definitely will watch the rest of them. Um, I don't know why I've put them off for so long. And I will just say, just like um, Obi Wan Kenobi, what's that guy's that, that guy, uh, Maurice Evans. Poor Maurice. Talk about getting uh, talk about getting stuck in a role. Doctor, he's he's Doctor Zayas. For anybody that's seen it, yeah. he's kind of like an elder ape. Um, he's kinda, he, he's a little blonde. Orangutan. Uh, yeah. His fucking IMDb picture is is a glamour shot of Doctor Zayas. <laughs> this poor guy. He in movies since the twenties. Yeah, we we uh, we covered him in uh, on uh, the the Hamacus uh, <laughs> Hamacus podcast, which uh, I was did with Bryn uh, a couple weeks ago, and uh, he was in that movie, and, and I was looking. Oh, what the hell was the camera? What the damn movie was called now? <laughs> but anyway, he was he was in it, and I was like looking up, doing some research on the people, and I was like, holy shit. That's Doctor Zayas, you know. Good, luck, luckily, unlike uh, I'll, I, I can't believe I'm forgetting his name. What is Obi Wan's name? There's, there's, there's uh, Obi Wan's um, name. What? God. Anyway, the um, talk about getting stuck in a role. You're actually talking about the real Alec Guinness. Alec Guinness, Jesus yeah. Christ! Yeah. See, there you go. That's who I remember him as. Yeah. L- luckily for Maurice Evans, he had so much makeup on, he probably. You know, he is yeah, cur- he is forever cursed to have the glamour shot Doctor Zayas picture on his well, IMDb. But that's one thing, with the exception of Roddy McDowell, and um, I think I might have known like the name Kim Hunter, who played. Um, didn't she? Pl- I think she played. Um, it was Cornelius and uh, his woman. Oh, uh, um, 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 um. Abba Dabba. Yeah, uh, yeah. But anyway, um, zero. I, yeah, Zira. Um, and then I, but when you were a kid, you know, I never really knew or cared who the 
who the actors were that played the apes, which is kind of shitty. And then I, uh, there was a guy, James Gregory, who played uh, in the Manchurian Candidate. He was the the um, politician that uh, they were that uh, Angela Lansbury's husband that they were going to run for president. And he was mm-hmm. this right wing asshole. Well, he used to be in all these westerns like The Big Valley, and uh, he was on The Big Valley quite a few times. Uh, and I knew that voice. And then my sister's like. <laughs> That's General Urko or Ursus or whatever, you know, the 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 uh, head of the gorillas. And uh, it's like, <laughs> oh my god, yeah. And then I go back and listen to the voice. I'm like, okay, but um, yeah, Doctor Zayas, man. Oh, uh, can and I remember them talking about when they made the movie. You know how they, they these guys people would have to sit in these chairs for like eight hours to have them put all that makeup on before oh, yeah. they and need the, to start shooting every day. And it had to be fucking uncomfortable too. Cause this movie is almost 100% outside. Yeah. So they're just sitting in that sun, obviously California sun with those hills and stuff they show. But And uh, uh, James Franciscus does a fairly decent job of uh, taking up the loincloth of the, uh, of the uh, Heston. Sure. And he looks uh, a lot like Heston. So, and I liked, uh, I liked how they did the Heston role. Yeah. In now, yeah. You know, it's a good yeah. movie. Solid, solid yeah. flick. Solid two, flick. Two snaps up and a twist. <laughs> All right, or, so I'm la- sorry. Two snaps up and a twist. Twist. So Bitch. I watched a couple of uh, Bolo, but not quite Bolo Young movies um, last night. Um, Ironheart, um, directed by Robert Klaus. Uh, yee. Not great. Um, <laughs> notable, though, to, uh, to the gentleman in particular, because there's this dance club that pretty much highlights everything they hate about the 90s. The music, it's like the fucking set of uh, a different world come to life nice. and there's these people doing these terrible dances and like every kind of bad fashion you can think of from the 90s is in this club and they go to this club a lot um bolo's not in it a lot and he hardly talks at all and um uh it, it, not very good it's about a, a cop kind of figuring out his his old partner died and he's trying to figure out what happened and bolo's tied into this uh, this uh, group that kidnaps chicks and sells them with guns. Kind of, a, I guess, a bonus. Like, hey, mm-hmm. buy some guns. Here's a chick. Oh, and speaking of which, that one, you know, you said earlier the flick you watched had big boobs. This one, <laughs> the, the chick that they keep captive, like the whole movie has giant bombs, and there's this one part that stood out, literally, where um, they, like, smash her up against this cage, and mm-hmm. it's obvious they're just uh, doing it because her tits are kind of mushing through the, like, b- the... <laughs> The um, the wires of the cage. <laughs> did awesome. Bolo smash his tits against the cage? He did not. Because he, did not. he, you know, I was just, I thought you were going to steal my thunder when you started that because <laughs> I was going to say that big boobs could have went at being but another thread through these movies <laughs> because Bolo Young has yeah. a, um, I mean, for a man, fucker's got a nice rack. He does. His, his nipples point downwards a little. They're, they're kind of south southward pointing, but... Well, that's um, because he had implants, bad implants put in. <laughs> yeah. Is it the, the the implants in the 70s just weren't the same as they... they Bolo's chest is almost... I mean, it's like it's too big. I don't know if he just did fucking push-ups 24 hours a day, seven days a week, but uh, yeah, you know, dude, come on. You're out of... I mean, uh, but I like Bolo. Oh, I love him. Um, and then I watched uh, Challenge of the Tiger, mm-hmm. which is a kind of, I guess, a clone of Bruce Lee, starring one Bruce Lee, <laughs> not Bruce Lee, not Bruce Lee, but <laughs> Bruce Lee, yeah. Bruce Lee. 
And Richard Harrison, you get to see Harrison banging chicks and wearing yeah. a banana, banana hammock. And I like Richard Harrison. It, it, it was an okay movie. There's definitely good parts in it. Bolo plays a very, very minor role in this, which I'd seen a fight scene from it where he fights this fucking Brad Harris dude. I posted a picture of him on our yeah. Facebook group. <laughs> yeah, that dude like, is a monster. Jesus, Jesus Christ. Because I'd seen the clip before. There's a thing on YouTube, like a Bolo's Greatest Hits or something, and it plays this shitty music, but it shows all these fight scenes and... Bolo does his classic, like, quick, short, like, uh, Bruce Lee-type punch in this giant, curly-headed dude's stomach. And um, I was like, I gotta see this movie, and it took me forever to even feel it, figure out what it was. But it's on a yeah. double it's on a double disc a, uh, with that Mondo Macabre put out, with um, mm-hmm. also with For Your Height Only, which I still haven't seen. That guy's stomach looked like, uh, uh, par- like steps. <laughs> yeah. Like you could just climb his stomach. So, um, which the, is kind of gross, actually. And speaking of tits, my my wife was in the room while I was watching this. <laughs> this is a nice segue. <laughs> speaking of tits, <laughs> Bo- Bolo does not bring the tits in this movie. He does not take a what? shirt off once, which is really weird. But like Jesus I said, he's not in it very much. There, the first in the first five minutes of the movie, there's like three and a half minutes of just tits of women like running around. Richard is like Richard Harrison's like hangout. Uh, he plays tennis with this topless chick, and in slow motion, she is playing tennis with these giant tits and no bra. Probably and, no, 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 no. Shirt is off. She's completely topless. Oh, well, there you go. And well, the ball, definitely no bra. The ball girl is also topless, mm-hmm. and um, and my wife was like, "This is great!" It's like <laughs> she she was into it too, but um, yeah. So it's definitely worth watching just for slow motion uh, tennis tits. Um, so yeah, that I was all. I think those would get in the way. Uh, she did pretty good. They had those old shitty wooden rackets, <laughs> and it was obvious she wasn't actually playing. It was just like these real wimpy hits back over the net, and um, just frol. She was frolicking. She was definitely frolicking with yeah. big, big honkers. So um, that was pretty cool. So Fun and bags. and you get to see Bruce Le um, get in a fight with a, a a bull in a bull ring. This is a really weird movie. And they they do the fucking thing like in um, Street Fighter when he punches a dude in the head and it shows like the damage, x-ray damage. They do that with the bull. <laughs> he like punches the bull and you see like a shatter like graphic on this bull head. Nice. <laughs> really weird. So yeah, it's worth tracking down. Um, well, Van Damme did, he did fight a bison. A bi- yes, he, yes, he did. Wow, wow. I need my uh, cricket <laughs> sound effect. I, I really need a cricket sound effect. Creep, creep. All right, so uh, so that was all I watched. Um, that was me rubbing my back legs together. That was really bizarre that you could do that. Yeah. When, whenever I rub mine together, it just plays saxophone sound effects. So. I'm sitting here playing with my fat stomach right now. Uh, so um, so yeah, I think we watched less and ended up talking longer this week about the movies we watched. So um, anyway, uh, let's take a let's take a break. And um, which one? Which uh, film do you want to do first? I know you have a, a difference in opinion of them, so. Well, I have a brand new um, dollar, uh, like silver dollar deal. It's not silver. I don't know what they call it now. I'm going to flip it, and uh, heads is hobo, and boxcar birth is tails. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Here we go. Call it. Heads. This coin just spent 24 years getting here, and now it's here. You have to call it. Uh, you said tail, so we're going to do boxcar birth. Wait, I said heads. Oh, you said heads? Shit. I guess, do- gonna do- <laughs> I guess we're going to do hobo. <laughs> with uh, uh, All yeah. right. Well, that's cool, man. Let's roll. Yeah, we, yeah we've, done the, we've done the less serious of our two movies 
last, so we'll yeah. we'll switch it up. We'll do we'll do hobo first. Yeah. So I uh, was, okay, we'll we'll come back and get into some hobo with a shotgun. Hobo. We will be right back. Are you tired of the same old pop culture podcast? Do you listen to those other podcasts and think to yourself, why aren't they talking about the things I'm interested in? Hi, I'm Reverend Scott, and when I want to listen to a couple of guys with their appendages on the pulse of pop culture, Penis. I listen to the Are You Serious podcast. Hear news about politics and religion where hosts Chris and Frank ask the tough questions. You woke up with a cock in your mouth. Would you take it or leave it? Yeah, exactly. How big is the cock? <laughs> You'll hear entertainment news about your favorite movies and TV shows, plus plain old wholesome discussion about the lives of Chris and Frank. I mean, now I am, like, tattooed. It's weird. It's like I've... I guess I should explain what I got. Yeah. It's three swastikas. Each one interconnected. <laughs> to look like a smiley face. And on my left arm is cock and balls. And you notice I looked at my right Character arm. Character from said an old that. Disney film. It's a prequel to Song of the South. Exactly. No, I have, it's um, called Song of the Cock and Balls. <laughs> it sounds like this. So when you think pop culture podcast, remember this. What's that thing between the dick and the asshole? The Are You Serious Podcast on iTunes or areyouseriouspodcast.com. Back from break, uh, that was a, that was the Gits, and um, Zom actually chose a couple of tracks by them this week. Yeah, um, I noticed uh, like last week that uh, on uh, August twenty fifth uh, was the uh, you know birthday of Mia Zapata, who was the lead singer of the Gits, and uh, you know a lot of people out there might not be familiar with uh, with the group. And with her and her story, um, if um, since we're you know a movie and a cinema podcast, uh, there's a really good documentary out there called The Gits, and um, I watched it a, a while back. And I remember when this when uh, you know the the things that happened happened um, uh, back in like '93. Uh, and, uh, like I said, it's a really good documentary. It's done really well. And, uh, it's the kind of documentary that will just kind of, in some ways it'll break you, really break your heart. And in some ways it kind of lifts you up a little bit, um, by, you know, the friendship and, uh, the creativity and stuff like that. Uh, Mia was, um, just kind of like a rising star during the, the, you know, see, uh, you know, the Seattle kind of grunge uh, thing and uh, the Gits were you know pretty pretty big group in that area but they hadn't hit uh, the big time when like Nirvana and Pearl Jam and a lot of groups like that were you know starting to get discovered uh, and uh, right at the zenith of their or you know of their careers when they were you know just getting signed to a major record label 
Um, she had left a gig uh, one night uh, in a in a club, local club, and um, the next uh, morning they found her uh, murdered, and uh, it was really uh, a really sad uh, thing. She was not only murdered, but she was you know viciously and brutally raped and strangled, and um, so. Um, I just uh, talked to Loaf, and like I said, you know, I'm a big fan of them. After I saw the documentary, I downloaded, uh, you know, their their uh, music. And um, if you watch the documentary, um, I think you'll really like it from a you know cinema thing. And I think uh, you know a lot of people, you know, will, that we that that are friends with us and everything will will like their music too. And you know, not to I don't you know never want to jump up on a soapbox on this because we do it for fun. But uh, you know, we talk a lot on these shows about uh, you know uh, rape and stuff like that in movies and violence against women is uh, you know that's that's in a lot of the movies that we watch. But it's done in a way um, that isn't uh, you know it's more done for. I hate to say entertainment purposes, but it's not done in a serious way unless you look at movies like Irreversible and uh, The Accused and um, and even uh, uh, Jackson County Jail, which we did last time. But, uh, you know, I just think that uh, on the, you know, anniversary of her birthday uh, that, uh, you know, just to tell people, you know, if you can, you know, try and support, uh, uh, you know, groups that uh, are – you know, speak out against violence against women and, and also, you know, try and help support your local, uh, you know, women's shelters and stuff that try and protect women from stuff like this happening. And, uh, you know, Hey, it's not a, it's, it's a, it was a really sad thing. And that's, that's about all. I guess I am on my soapbox, but like I said, if you watch the documentary, it really is a touching and, you know, tribute to her and, uh, seek that out too. And that's all we, uh, you know, we need to say about that. Let's, we can move on to other things now. Yeah, speaking. But of thanks that. to Loaf for uh, playing the music. Yeah, man. Um, so yeah, we're gonna cover, um, and thanks for that song. Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna cover Hobo with a Shotgun first. Um, this was this was my pick when we. Uh, I think it was just a random choice of mine last week, and then we we matched up Boxcar with it um, because both main characters like to travel in a train. But um, <clears throat> th- I found out after choosing it that this is not Sam's favorite movie, <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. Um, but um, we will, uh, we'll, we'll, uh, well, I'll go ahead and synopsize. It's, it's from okay. 2011, directed by Jason Eisner, mm-hmm. and I, I guess th- he's the one that did the trailer for the original, like the South by Southwest competition or whatever for mm-hmm. um, Grindhouse, correct? And um, so this is really his only feature, as far as I know. And um, so the the synopsis, if anybody hasn't already heard about it in our circle, a homeless vigilante blows away crooked cops, pedophile Santas, and other scumbags with his trusty pump-action shotgun. That is a shitty (laughs) synopsis. But Uh, it kind of sums up the movie, I guess. Maybe it's not as shitty as I thought. Um, So, yeah, uh, we'll get into it. um, uh, Let everybody know what you thought. Well, um, I have watched this twice now. Um, and I'm kind of like, uh, Loaf and I were talking off the air about, you know, um, kind of being almost like completist. Like if we start watching a movie, even if we don't like it or whatever, that we, we will try and 
you know, gut through it and get to the end and, right. you know, get it in the books. And uh, I'll be honest with you, both times that I watched this, um, I watched them over a period. I watched it over a period of days because <laughs> I would start watching it and I literally would be like, Jesus Christ. Uh, and, and, you know, um, I just want to state like also one thing, you know, like on Gentleman's Guide and, and because we are still gentlemen to the core, um, everything – Every review that we do is, of course, subjective, and uh, you know it's it's art, and it's you know to each his own. The beauty is in the eye of the beholder, and uh, um, I just I I uh, and there's my tss. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I need to quit my teeth. <laughs> um, you need a lisp, and I need to get rid of mine. Yes, I need a mustache to put in my mouth. You know to buffer my. Zzz. I sound like a snake. Um, but the, I had a hard time sitting through the whole thing every time I watched it. Uh, I saw the trailers, mm-hmm. you know, of course, when I watched, uh, you know, Grindhouse. And, uh, and I, 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 I liked the, tra- the trailers. The, the one trailer that I didn't like the most was probably the, uh, what the, was it, like Thanksgiving about the turkey and all that yeah, stuff. Um, yeah. I, I thought, uh, my God, if they ever make the uh, the um, the werewolf uh, uh, women of the SS, she-wolf of the SS or something like that, yes. uh, with Nicolas Cage's Fu Manchu, I will watch that. <laughs> um, I heard uh, Zeke and um, Will and uh, the other guy. Uh, reviewing, uh, <laughs> <laughs> review, talking. They weren't reviewing, but they were talking about this movie and uh, and comparing it to Drive Angry with uh, the Cage. Mm-hmm. And I would watch Drive Angry five times and twice on Sunday before I would actually pick this movie myself to watch. Did uh, have you seen Drive Angry? Yes. Okay. And you so I've you, you like that? I've one. seen it like three times, <laughs> and, and, and and I and. I know it's, you know, the, the, the crap and, um, you know, and I'm not like, and, and I just want to uh, chime in on the Amber Heard thing. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I think she's a good looking chick, but she's not my, my, uh, type of kind of, looking. yeah, just a Barbie doll. I just like Barbie doll, you know, whatever, but she's g- generic Barbie doll in my dad's, uh, Levi's cut off, you know, um, <laughs> she's playing dress up. But you know, <laughs> that said, uh, you know, I, I do her, you know. So I mean, but that's <laughs> never in question, you know. Um, so anyway, um, but they compared Hobo with a shotgun to Drive Angry, and they were talking about first. They were talking about Drive Angry, and they said how crappy it was, and that uh, you know it was everything that was wrong with these movies that that they try and redo or. Uh, um, genre movies and blah 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 and then they turned around and said how hobo with a shotgun how good it was and i was like okay i can see what you're saying because um like black dynamite and hobo with a shotgun and these movies um i can i see that because i i explained it or i was telling one of my friends i said you know like uh with hell up in harlem I watched that and I was laughing and even uh, hands of steel and I was watching them and I'm like, Oh my God, you know, some of the parts in it are so funny cause they're so bad, but I don't think that they were s- seeking out to make a shitty movie. I think they were trying to make a good movie and, um, 
with limited now, means. May, maybe not as much with the hands of steel, but I do think that they were trying to make a good movie. And I think because of the limitations of the actors that they hired, uh, you know, the directors or whatever, you know, and, and all this net, that it ended up being that way. Limitations, funds, everything. Right. And when they when they start out to make a movie and they have that in mind and they say, okay, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to make a, a movie and I'm going to make it like, like that. Then they're starting out from the, fir- from right off the bat saying, I'm going to make it over the top. I'm going to make it like this. I'm going to make it so stupid that it's good. And when they're trying to do that, I just, I don't know, but honest to God, and I'm going to attribute this, uh, when I was reading about hobo with a shotgun on IMDB or something, cause I don't want to take somebody else's thunder. But they hit it, the nail right on the head with me with this movie, with what they said. And they basically said it was a trauma movie mm-hmm. um, starring Rutger Hauer. Now, what do you think? Okay, I'm going to ask you about two different things. What do you All think right. about trauma movies? And what do you think about movies like, well, I'll ask you in particular because I fucking hate them, the crank movies. Um, I have only seen like a, uh, I think I've seen two trauma movies. Okay. And um, I didn't like them. Okay. Well, so you get the, you get the, what they're doing then with, right. With, with trauma movies, like you were saying, you don't like that they go out to make a shitty movie. And right. that is, that's trauma shtick is that they go out and, right. you know, they have a budget of $800 right. and they're going to do what they can with $800. Uh, knowing that it's going to be shitty right. when they're done. And this one had a budget of three million, and it looked just to me it was looked just as shitty, and just as uh, like the like. Uh, I know they tried to stick a lot to because you know they had the trailer, so they wanted to you know do that and mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff in there. But I mean, and and I just don't know how to put it. I mean, I could not wait for this movie to come out. I was like, oh my god, I love that trailer. I th- this is going to be so good, and I didn't expect it to be, uh, you know, a serious movie or anything like that. But I, I just like, I don't know what it was. It just did not do it for me. Now I will say this because I talked to Loaf this morning. Uh, when I came home this morning, I put it in because, like I said, I was watching it in in stages because I was get I was gagging through it. I was literally sending like you know saying, "Dude, Jesus fucking Christ!" I mean, oh my God, this is brutal. And there was a time. Okay, now I, I when it first came out, I I uh, I watched it on uh, Netflix Instant Watch, I think, and uh, and uh, so that was uh, you know a few weeks ago. And but I I like to watch stuff you know right before we're going to review it so it'll be really fresh, and I was sitting there and I I literally thought the other night you know what I'm not going to fucking finish this I I don't even I I'm not I'm about halfway through and I don't give a fuck you know I'll just go from my memory I'm not even going to take notes because I'm just like I could not I'd start watching it and I was like geez this is so fucking just ugh. But when I came home this morning, and I don't know, maybe it was because I was in a better mood or something like that, I would say from the point where he um, – I'm trying to think where it, ta- where it took off a little bit, and I actually um, just sat and kind of was like, okay, this is, I'm enjoying it a little bit, a little, a little bit more. Uh, he meets the, uh, the girl, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, they – 
they had already done the things to him and she gives him the bear sweatshirt right, right, right. and then he goes out like after that and from there till till about the end you know it, it takes off but still i was just like you know uh, i i just i'm <laughs> sorry i mean and i and i i hate it because i know people are going to be like oh fuck man it ruled blah, blah, blah. but and you're fucking zom you're fucking stupid or whatever but i just it's obviously not my thing okay i just i i could not um I doubt if I'll watch it again. So, ever, you know, ever. <laughs> what what do you think about the crank movies? Because for me, this less than the crank movies are. are sorry, the crank movies less than this are attempts to make a prepackaged cult film, mm. putting things in there that they know are just going to appeal to the base. And and I will I I will present a I guess a counter argument to earlier when saying that back then that I mean back in the 70s when the grindhouse movies were made the they were made i think they they still knew that the movie was going to suck and they were making it to appeal to a wide audience for a quick fix that would pay right. some money and sit down and watch it you know the first the first you know black exploitation movies for instance they were mm-hmm. probably making a serious doing like okay we're going to like uh, sweet sweet back not a great or movie but superfly yeah it, yeah it, it it had a point it had the thing but you know by the mid 70s those movies were ridiculous you know it was fucking three the hard way three the is that the uh, the one with jim brown and uh, fred williamson, fred williamson. And jim that, kelly three the hard way is that what that is I think. Um, anyway, the um, you know that with the poisoning the water system and all that stuff, they had to have known that wasn't going to be a good movie, and they went with it. And that and I think what these movies now are doing is paying homage to that era. And they, and we haven't really seen trauma homages. Well, trauma's still around, but that's uh, well. Anyway, so back to the crank thing. What what did you what do you, do you like those movies? I thought I liked. I was entertained, and I liked the first crank movie. Okay. Uh, the second one, you know, with the goddamn like Godzilla-like fight in the electrical <laughs> thing, I kind of thought that was kind of fun, kind of funny, and kind of fun. I don't know. I just I put, uh, and I know people shit on those movies, but I had so much more fun, right, and enjoyed them more than this. See, I, see, I, for, for me, no, why the the crank movies make me angry. They make me drive angry. They make me watch angry. They, yeah. the and the big dick jokes and and all that stuff. It's like they for, for a film like that. I feel like they're not they're not the they're not they don't care if the audience is in on it or not. They're just saying, oh, Jason Statham has a big cock, and look, here's a horse and a picture of a dick as the horse jumps well, over and. But, go ahead. Uh, um. See, because I've watched like those, uh, watched the crank movies. But like I said, number one, number two, I, I, you know, eh, I did, uh, it was okay. It wasn't. A, it was just kind of like a, a uh, the same thing. But like the first one, I watched it with um, a group of friends, mm-hmm. and none, none of them are like us, like you know, cinephiles that we sit there and say, okay, we watched all these, you know, uh, old genre movies, and we're saying this is this and everything. And so none of those people were like. In on the okay, we're we're doing, uh, you know, like you said, prepackaged homage or whatever to this or that or whatever, and the, but the people were like watching it and they and they were liking it, 
you know. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 you know, that helps. I mean, maybe if you watch this with a group, you might feel different about it then. But because I, this is going to appeal to a pretty broad audience, because a lot of people can get behind just ridiculous violence. They can get behind, and you got to. I mean, do you do you like? Uh, did you like Rutger Hauer's performance in it? I like Rutger Hauer, and <laughs> I, I, uh, I thought he did the best he could with what he had. I think he ate it up. I, th- I, you know, this, this, uh, this script. He was like, he's like, he just took it and ran with it. I, th- I think he was over the top on purpose. I think uh, I, I like what he did with it. Well, and 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 another thing, I like the the uh, the gore and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, you know, eh. I mean, it's not just the 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 gore, but like, I mean, like I said, I I just uh, you know, <laughs> they're cutting the person's head almost, you know, off, and she's living, and you know, and some of the shit like he's stomping on his spine with fucking uh, hockey skates, a la Chris Pronger, and uh, um. Yeah, <sighs> I don't know. I thought it should. I I wanted it to be more fun for me, and okay. I wanted to enjoy it more. And I just I I sit there and I was like, okay. Even the second time, I was like, okay, maybe I'll watch it this time, and I'll you know like it. And I just I don't know what it just does nothing for me. I was just like, man, this is just shit. Well, okay. I mean, and and I'm not, and like I said, I I, I it's just sub, it's just my you know like I said that's just my opinion. I just could not. No matter what I did, I tried. I literally tried to like this. I wanted to like it before I even saw it, and I was just like, I watched it twice, and I still fucking don't like it. So uh, I think a difference for me. I don't like it, Lo. <laughs> I I came up um, <laughs> watching these trauma movies uh, from the video store, and I, you know, as far as the tone and the look and everything, I think they got it right on. And oh, for yeah. me, this was a this was a nostalgic thing. You know, not having a good history with trauma yourself, right. you know, you have nothing to that tie this to. And that, that probably may, plays a part in it as well. Because, I mean, let's face it, this movie is a little silly. Well, a lot silly. And it's not, you know, yeah. it's not going to appeal to everybody. But if you, if you grew up like I did watching these very, very low budget, very, very poorly acted, poorly, you know, poor uh, special effects, that kind of thing, and enjoying those kinds of things, you're going to get a kick out of this one because what it's done, instead of making this, like, 70s aesthetic, like a lot of the movies have done, like, you know, distressing the film and that kind of thing, this right. this does a an 80s thing It um, with the, well, it has the synthy music. It looks like it's filmed on video. Right. Um, right. Yeah. The, the, the lighting in it is really good because there's some scenes where it looks like fucking duotone. Like the lighting yeah. is so harsh, like blue or red or orange or whatever, where it looks like all the color on the screen is white, black, and whatever that color is. And, and I thought that that was a really cool way to uh, but, do different but, moods. And go ahead. But like, but like when I hated that. Wait, say that again. <laughs> Sorry, you dropped out there. I fucking hated that. What did you hate? I, I thought it made it look just like I, I, you know, like you said, it's if it's an homage to trauma, then I kind of get it a little bit. But I just I that look just I didn't like those movies in the eighties because right, right. Uh, because and you know a lot of uh, I just hated it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even just you know uh, now. But but that being said, I will say I had a few things. You know, okay, now there were some 
one-liners that were pretty good, uh, that were just so bad that they were good. Um, like, wow, I didn't know bears could be so vicious. <laughs> what, I didn't okay. know bears could, it's a fucking bear. You know, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to at least here try to sell you on Howard. Because like like there's a scene when he comes oh and I right, love Rutger Hauer but no 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 like Hauer I mean Hauer in, in this, this movie. movie okay okay there's a scene in the uh, pawn shop when he first gets the titular shotgun and uh, well was that that scene man no 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 this is this is uh, after he has the shotgun obviously but he um, he rescues um, oh what's the chick's name. Um, Abby. Um, 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 Abby. He rescues Abby. She's like in the back of a trailer or something, and um, and he he yells like, "What did you think? He was gonna put a f- ring on your finger and then spits on the dude's body." Yeah, that was awesome, man. Yeah. No, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> How about just, okay? I, no. How about when he's in the coffin and all you see is his eyes and he's like, he asked for a cigarette. That was no, that I like that part. That and was really good. Smoke in the guy's face. And um and then the um. The, the soliloquy the, or the monologue when he's looking at the babies, babies. that's from the trailer. You, you got to like that too. Uh, I didn't like that at all. No, oh. not at all. No, oh. I, I didn't even like it in the trailer. When I saw it in the trailer, <laughs> I was like, you so, might end up like me, a hobo with a shotgun. And I'm like, Jesus, I, I just, dude, oh, fuck it. I did like now, okay, I had a couple other lines here that because I did uh, this, this, uh, Either, either I'm learning not to take as many notes because I never use them, mm-hmm. or I didn't take that many notes for this movie because I didn't like it. But so the notes that I took were were should be you know at least the things that I that caught my attention. Right. Fuck. I love the smell of your asshole. <laughs> I wrote that uh, down too. I love the smell of your asshole. She's just a <laughs> fuck tube. Um, let's see. Let's find a place with nice big lawns to mow. You know, uh, <laughs> first I gotta wash this guy's ass off my face. Now that, that was, was a Rutger Hauer line that I liked. That was uh, awesome. Let's fuck. <laughs> okay, and uh, let's see. Live, live, you fucking whore. <laughs> I love that one. Now that one, that one was good. And uh, okay, now. Um, the girl who played Abby, her mm-hmm. name is Molly Dunsworth, and apparently the tattoo that she has over her like right or left breast or whatever that they showed it mm-hmm. must be her real tattoo because she was at some uh, screenings and they she had that tattoo there. Hmm. But the thing I liked about her, and this goes back to my my roots in hardcore porn, uh, is she looked like Tracy Lords. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, she didn't have as big of boobs, but she looked like kind of like Tracy Lords. Okay, the Drake. Um, the Drake was a melding of um, if Bob Hope was a psychopath and they spliced him with Mickey Dolans from the monkeys. So that was the Drake. Um, let's see. Take him to the glory hole was a line that I liked because uh, I've just could picture Rutger Hauer being forced to suck somebody off through a glory hole in a video booth or something. Uh, but that's about it. And the guys are uh, and uh, even right at the beginning. Um, the geyser of blood a la Shogun Assassin mm-hmm. or uh, Tokyo Gore Police or whatever. I thought I, you know, I was like, ah, oh, you know, this is going to be, and I it, I was just like, a, it was just like a wet fart. 
<laughs> well, um, you know. Yeah, we'll eh, what are you going to do? You know, you can't like them all. Well, yeah, I mean, that's fine. And, I, and like I was saying, I, I think it just might be the background, like the, the fact that yeah. this movie has a nostalgic feel. Like there's a, I mean, for me, you know, there's an awesome, um, like, I guess almost like a training montage in it where Abby's kind of doing like a Evil Dead 2 kind of preparation for battle. Mm-hmm. And she puts a, a slap bracelet on her arm at the end, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, that was kind of cute. Yeah. Um, you know, bracelets and stuff you know and the the, the the there's a lot of overacting especially on the bad guy side um, yeah the brothers ivan and slick and i you know again i, hated them. I just thought i was like ugh. uh annoyingly uh, see i didn't like them either but i was not supposed to like them and i i, I you know it made it makes you know what happens to villains like well that in these movies but but it wasn't okay in wrestling when they would say like Xbox, Xbox got a lot of heat, but it was the wrong kind of heat. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the way they acted made me want to turn the movie off. It didn't make me hate them and right. want to see them get revenge. It was so annoying that I was like, uh, I was just like, man, this. I just like I said, I want. It made me. If it was TV, it would have made me want to turn the channel instead of watching the. Like you see villains in uh, in uh, like uh, say Death Wish Two. Mm-hmm. And the guys are walking by Bronson and bumping into him and hee-hee-hee and everything as they stole some girl's purse or something. And you're like, okay, I want to see Bronson get these. Right. These guys, it, it, they, uh, it was just bad. And it was just, like I said, more just annoying. Right. I didn't want to see Rutger Hauer, like, get revenge on them and kill them. I wanted to see Rutger Hauer jump out of the screen and say, dude, forgive me for making this fucking movie. <laughs> I think he, it, it seemed like he had fun with it. He was like, you well, know. Well, he probably did, you know. He, did, but... he didn't seem like he wasn't present. I mean, he, he got the memo, which I, which I think everybody did. I think it's like, you know, it takes those villains from Death Wish 2 and it turns everything up to 11, which... Well, the NWO used to stand in the ring, and they used to have a lot of fun making inside jokes and stuff. That, yeah. And if you weren't like a internet wrestling guy, you were like, what the fuck are they talking about? And <laughs> WCW went down the tubes. So anyway, another <laughs> wrestling. Well, like, oh, like, okay, well, the, the, the shotgun noise. The shotgun noise sounds ridiculous in this movie. It sounds like, I thought my, not I didn't think, but it sounded like your, sounds like your speaker on your TV's blown out as they're... You know, it's like this very loud, like kind of noise every time the shotgun goes off. I thought that was cool. Um, and there's a cool like montage, like killing spree that that the hobo goes on after he gets his shotgun, with some good payoffs as far as like, you know, off screen and the body comes flying on screen or the the pedophile Santa Claus, like I mentioned, and you know, and it looks cheap on purpose. I thought that worked. Um, Oh, there's another good there's another good Howard scene where he's coming into a, a club where dudes are like, you know, dealing um, cocaine or something like that, and he's got this ski mask halfway pulled down, and his mouth is all bloody, and he's got the fucking like he's breathing down the barrel of the shotgun. I thought he was doing the uh, blazing saddles, you know, where <laughs> Cleavon Little comes in with a gun pointed to his own head, and says, "Nobody move or the mm, gets it," you know. <laughs> But I, even that, I was like, "What the fuck?" I mean, okay, yeah, like uh, I don't know. It was almost that, that was that was almost like the Steven Seagal movie I watched, where they everybody has their guns pointed right at him, <laughs> and somehow he disarms them for just a few seconds by sticking his own gun in his mouth and acting stupid. And I, uh, I just didn't fucking get it. Okay, did you did you like uh, did you like Machete? 
Uh, liked it more than this. <laughs> See, I, I like um, I like this more than Machete because for the this was I like the pacing of this better and that Machete felt like it was too too long. It was too long, and Jessica Alba was in it. Uh, Jessica album, yeah, that that I just said she Jessica could album. Kill, uh, I don't know. She kill every movie she's in, except uh, the one where she swam with the with the bikini bottom going up her butt, and that movie <laughs> sucked. But I just like the picture and watching her butt. There's a there's a very similar moment in that movie, and I'm mean, not in that movie in uh, Machete in this with uh, with the the female lead giving a monologue, and um, I, yeah. I, I, you know, both of them are pretty bad, but the the Abbeys was so much more. It was a it was a lot less embarrassing, I guess, than Alba. That one was really bad. And you see, you see Alba's in the uh, trailer for for Machete. The uh, the Abbeys is not in the trailer, but um, she's given a you know we're in their home kind of kind of monologue as well. Right, and right. It was a lot. It was a lot less embarrassing, I guess, than Alba's. Um, I didn't get the deuce chills on that one. I don't know. There's another. There's another scene with um, I think I think Ivan um, and the uh, a bus from hell. I thought that was kind of a neat little. (laughs) I I I, kind of like that. I thought that was cool. The um, bus, the bus driving off, being smoky and him looking out the back window. But I thought that was pretty cool. And the um, I don't know. For me, like I said, this one this one worked a lot better for me than you, but. Oh yeah, and I, and I think it comes back to our background, like as far well, like as you like said, if it's if it's if it's it has to do with trauma. Like I said, I think I've seen Toxic Avenger, and I saw part of like uh, the uh, Kabuki, was it Kabuki Cop deal or whatever? Right, right. I, I don't and, know. I don't you know, know. Yeah. I don't, but I mean, I haven't seen that many. And eh. okay, well, that's fair enough. Oh, well, I guess uh, we don't we don't have to. We don't have to beat this one to death. So, um, well, I'm glad you. Lo- I mean, I. I mean, like I said, I've given people shit, you know, if, if they don't like something that I like or whatever. But like, you, you really can't. I mean, it, if somebody likes something, you know, it's just as long as it entertains them, that's fine. You sure. know, if it, you know, there's lots of movies that I've watched uh, that, um, you know. I like that other people don't, and vice versa. So you know, whatever. I don't hate you. Not today. For, for being wrong. Give me, give, give me some, <laughs> give me some time. You'll hate me, baby. Um, so, I hated yeah. you when you called and woke me up, but that's all right. <laughs> With your fucking Christmas music. Nice. The uh, all right. So um, well, I guess we can go ahead and get into uh, scores, and maybe you can find something you liked about it when you want to give me your. Your score. <laughs> I started. I literally the other day. If we would have done the podcast yesterday, I would have given it. Um, okay, if we're doing the, I was trying to think of a wrestling analogy. If we were going by <laughs> stars, I would have gave it a one star. Um, a rest hold, a, a headlock on the mat. I went, I saw a wrestling match in Parkersburg, West Virginia, and it was like a preliminary match. And uh, a lot of the wrestlers would say, like, if the crowd started booing. You slow it down, and if they if they keep booing, slow it down. Take it down another notch because uh, you control the crowd. The crowd doesn't control you. Yeah. And we watched a match between uh, Tommy. Oh fuck, he was one of the Fantastics. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, the the kind of little feather haired guy. Tommy was uh, his name Tommy Rich. No, Tom. No, no, no it was uh, Tommy. Um, 
not Tommy Young that was a referee. Now we're getting really off track. <laughs> but anyway, he was wrestling this guy, Les Thornton, who was uh, the, from England, and he was known as the man of a thousand holds. They did hip-lock takedown and held each other in a headlock on the mat probably for about uh, – half an hour, 45 minutes. And the crowd was going boring, boring. And I was saying, Hey, why don't you show us, you know, 999, whatever, you know, four holds or whatever. And, but you know, they were probably sitting in there going, ah, fuck you guys, because they were the preliminary guys. And, um, and, uh, their thing was just to, they weren't supposed to be out there stealing the show. So anyway, that's what this was like to me. Um, but, as far as me not liking it, right? Um, this to me would be more like an ECW match, where people are just grabbing, ripping a toilet off the wall, hitting somebody over the head with it, and then going over and grabbing a, a car tire and hitting somebody over the head with it. The guys are completely covered in blood, and then they pick up a shotgun and shoot each other in the middle of the ring. <laughs> then he jumps off the top rope 5,000 times on the dead carcass and blah, 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 blah. It was just like... Uh, Garbage match. Shit thrown on top of shit, 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 thrown on top of shit to where it doesn't mean anything. And so, like I said, if we go by the star thing, I I would, after watching, like I said, I got a little bit more into it today, mm-hmm. and I would give it, I would give it two stars out of ten. Two out of ten. Uh, but you, you, like I said yesterday, it would have been one star, and I was hating <laughs> you. <laughs> All right. So, well, obviously, I liked it a lot more. Um, uh, I, I think it got it, it was pitch perfect with the '80s aesthetic and the. I, I, on the other hand, liked the lighting a lot. I thought the, um, and, I, and I've heard other people mention the lighting too, and I, I thought it was a great effect. I don't, I don't know if it was done in camera or if it's post, but whatever, whatever they did, I thought it looked really good. There's some really cool stuff with the uh, the plague, the two guys that dressed in this ridiculous armor, and I thought they were, they were pretty awesome. And um, I like them. Yeah, I, there's that a really there's a, raised it up to a two. The really funny part with the um, where the, they're like when Howard's in the coffin and the the plague guys are uh, rattling the octopus. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, that was really funny to me. The the fucking octopus tentacles coming out of the this plague, random door. And, and you know when I said that the the part from where I started watching it till till you know close to the end that I kind of got a little bit more into was all the part with them in it. Okay. Okay. So, and the one plague guy looked like he had a uh, a uh, oil drum kind of on his head, and the other ones looked like a cross between Doctor Doom and a gingerbread man. He had the steel. fucking like old ass like Iron Man iron uh, armor, not the yeah. <laughs> not the new yeah. slick Iron Man. He's got the fucking like giant square suit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I thought Howard was amazing in it. Uh, I really liked the fact that you know he could he could have been boring because he could have been like you know. He didn't have to take this role, obviously. It's just a mm-hmm. fucking, like, almost like local Nova Scotia production. Mm-hmm. And um, the fact that, well, maybe maybe the budget was most of his salary, but yeah. um, he, uh, you know, he had fun with it, and I think everybody did. Everybody was over-the-top and ridiculous, but it's an over-the-top and ridiculous movie, you know, as far as yeah. the color and the audio and the acting and, and the story itself. And um, But it, well, it, it, it worked for me. I, I, I'm assuming that they're hoping that they're going to make um, their money on the video market. Sure. And I could totally see that because it did yeah. not get a wide release theatrically. Yeah. 
But they spent three million on it, and the opening weekend was twelve thousand. And uh, I think as of this says August seventh, it made seven hundred thousand. Yeah, I mean, it had to be in a small, um, yeah, a small release. We the, never. I don't think we got it around here in no, the theaters. We, did, we didn't either. And it was on. It was on like Amazon in, on video on demand. You know, before mm-hmm. it would have yeah. even gotten to this area, so and and I I literally when I I couldn't wait, you know, because I was like, oh man, you know, I want to watch this, I want to watch this, and it was on um, it was on video on demand, but it was like you know nine bucks or set, uh, eight, I think it was like seven ninety nine or something. I was right, like, well, yeah. I'll just wait and get it on Netflix. Yeah. I'm glad I did. Well, yeah, I mean, and that, I'm certain that's where they're going to make the movie. This this movie is yeah. going to get a name for it. There's going to be a lot of people that enjoy it, and you know, if you're if you grew up with enjoying trauma movies in the least mm-hmm. i think you're going to get a nostalgic kick out of it that um that unfortunately zom missed so well the thing the thing that i'm thinking you know the, that i would worry about though is the if if they're counting on that like i said you know like uh, a lot of the people that i know that that aren't uh into genre cinema like that uh like we are and you know it's just a, a person that goes and sees whatever and they watch this, and they're gonna, you know. I just wonder if people are gonna shit on it and be like, "What the fuck?" I think people yeah. that don't, that aren't in, are right, gonna shit on it because and, they're gonna think, "What the hell is this?" But then the people that, you know, like I said, that gonna recognize where it's going, mm-hmm. where it's gonna work for them. Mm-hmm. So anyway, well, my score, and you're gonna chuckle. Uh, I would give this a seven point seven five out of ten. <laughs> seven seven point seven five chair shots. Oh, and and by the way, when you said the um, about the match, um, mm-hmm. when I compare it to a garbage match, I saw a wrestling match in near. Well, it was just outside of Athens, Georgia, mm-hmm. at a place called Bumpers Pool Hall. Yeah, <laughs> it was New Jack against I don't even remember who. Balls they just or something. They just fucking just just hit each other with everything they could find, mm-hmm. including a giant stop sign. Mm-hmm. And New Jack's head was fucking Swiss cheese by that point anyway, and you could just brush by him, and he would just burst, and the blood would just flow out. But, um, yeah, so they, they just beat the shit out of each other. And then after the match, a, a fan had actually grabbed the stop sign and um, actually got New Jack to autograph the bloody stop sign. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. There's the difference between the rest hold match and... Uh, <laughs> The fucking well, a, 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 um, a quick, uh, just a real quick, because I don't want to bore any of our people with. Uh, we we do have some wrestling fans. I found a, a, a one of our fans out there of this show who was a big wrestling fan on the Silva and Gold group on Facebook. Which, if y'all were listening, you should check it out. Check it out. Um, uh, I went to see quite a, a bit of uh, ECW because they were out of uh, Pennsylvania, and so they were come. They came down to Pittsburgh quite a bit and, and went to see him. And um, we knew um, that at one time, before the insurance people told them to stop doing this, uh, the fans could uh, bring what they like. Not uh, like you couldn't bring a gun and you couldn't bring a sword, but you right, could bring right. shit for for New Jack to use as a weapon. Or the, anybody, the Dudley, uh, act, the Dudley boys did that too. Yeah, because they would uh, always people. I remember that people would just hold stuff up, yeah. like a cheese grater or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, um, my friend Ben and I decided uh, they were they were going to be in Cleveland, and that, that was about you know like maybe like four hours from here. And we decided we were going to go overnight and you know go see them up there. And uh, we knew they, that they did that, uh, so we wanted to take some stuff for them to use. 
And um, but we wanted to stand out, so um, we decided uh, to go to a butcher shop, and we got a, a a sow's head, a giant. I mean, this thing was big. It was as big as Andre, the uh, actual <laughs> uh, dead pig's head, and we put it in a trash bag and we took it up there and took it in. And uh, uh, after a while, they stopped letting the fans. You know, have the stuff themselves. Yeah. They had like a big trash can at, when you walk through the door, and you would take like your crutches or guitar. Somebody brought one of those glowworm toys that the kids <laughs> rode, <coughs> and um, you'd put them in this big uh, Rubbermaid trash can. And the guy said, "What do you got there?" And we showed it to him, and he was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> and so he took it in, and I guess he took it back in the dressing room and showed it to him. They didn't, they didn't use it though, but. Uh, oh. He saw Balls Mahoney in a bar in Philadelphia. Um, you know, maybe like it was like a couple years later, maybe even five years later or ten years later or something like that, because he moved to Philadelphia and he said, I'm sitting there. And he goes, Here's Balls Mahoney comes in. He said, I'm talking to him. He said, John Reckner and uh, uh, was Balls' name. And so he's sitting there bullshitting with him because Balls was pretty much alcoholic and everything. And <laughs> Santa Claus. Yeah, Santa Claus. <laughs> and, uh, he said, hey, man, one time uh, my friend and I went to uh, see you guys in Cleveland, and we brought this uh, dead pig's head. And he goes, that was you guys? <laughs> and I swear it was like 10 years later probably. That's so, awesome. Yeah, so that's a, that's a, another wrestling story. Cool. And uh, the pig's head thing, uh, I was watching. <laughs> we, there was actually something I could tie that in with. Um, I watched a uh, documentary, and I'm waiting for it to come out because I want to see it again. It's an uh, HBO documentary called A Matter of Taste, uh, Serving Up Paul Lee Brandt. And it was a documentary for HBO about a um, a uh, chef uh, who is like a uh, kind of like a uh, almost like a rock star of chefs and all the shit he had to go through. And uh, the, one of the things he did a uh, pictorial for Vogue magazine, mm-hmm. and uh, he almost he had like his white uh, chef a garb on, and he had blood all over it, like handprints, almost like Hannibal Lecter. And they had a an actual dead pig's head. That he was sitting there holding, and he said, "I'm actually out of work, but I'm doing spreads for Vogue magazine." So I like to tie the wrestling back in because <laughs> I know we lose a lot of people. Yeah. So uh, a matter of taste, serving up Paul Liebrandt. It's on. It's uh, in Netflix. It says it's you know you can save it. It's coming up. So check cool. it out. So yeah, the that was our uh, little review of uh, of um, Hobo with a Shotgun. There, Zom gives it a two, which is less than. Uh, Final Justice from last less, week. It's less than three. <laughs> and um, and, I, and I was going to mention that. I liked Final Justice that, that's a fa- hundred times more. Than that's that. fair. That's fair. The um, I liked it. I, I probably like this more. Um, you know, if, I have to, if I'd have to uh, nitpick anything, actually the, the biggest complaint I have about Hobo with a Shotgun is the, is the profanity, um, which is weird, but weird to say, but... It, at times it felt like it was too much. I'm like, okay, now you're just trying too hard because I thought any- the whole movie felt like it. it was <laughs> and right. I will say this too. Um, just as an aside, cause we said final justice and hobo with a shotgun, man, I could see Joe Don Baker playing the fucking hobo. <laughs> oh, oh, that would be amazing. I would like jacked off and just jizzed all over my own self. What about, what about, that was pretty gross. What, what about hobo, <laughs> the hobo has a shotgun, but not but Joe Don Baker, Baker. It's like a sequel. Um, Joe Don Baker is like the um, the, crook, the, the crooked with... the crooked cop the crooked like police chief. Cop. Yes, that uh, we're all dirty it cops. Could, it could take place in Florida, 
and uh, the hobo is coming down because the weather's nicer. And uh, yeah, and and Joe Don Baker is the sheriff in town that doesn't want any of that shit in his town. So instead of a criminal overlord, we have Joe Don Baker. That's, I think we're onto something. Hell yeah. Anyway, so yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> Two and 7.75. Um, we're going to take another break and we're going to come back and review a very early, early Scorsese. God, I can't get the, this guy. Scorsese film. He's uh, going to have to change that name if he's going to do anything. He is never going anywhere. Uh, Boxcar Bertha will be right back. Crom, I have never prayed to you before. I have no tongue for it. No one, not even you, will remember if we were good podcasters or bad. Why we recorded or why we voicemailed. All that matters is Metal Mikey stood against many. That's what's important. Valor pleases you, Crom. So grant me one request. Grant me action attraction. And if you do not listen, let to hell with you. Action Attraction, the action movie review podcast. You can find Action Attraction through MetalMikey.Lipson.com or at www.pennycult.com or by searching for Action Attraction in iTunes. We're back from break. Uh, I meant to play that uh, the last break uh, because I actually gave Zom the hobo with a shotgun blues. Yeah, I got the shotgun blues. <laughs> so uh, yeah, for sure. The um, that one should have come last break, but it still works. So um, now we're going to talk about 1972 Martin Scorsese film Boxcar Bertha. Um, Zom chose this one, so Zom, would you like to tell us a little bit about it? During the Depression, a union leader and a young woman become criminals to exact revenge on the management of the railroad. We've got some short synopsis, some short synopsis, synopsi, and uh, yeah, that uh, which is good because it doesn't give a lot away. That's kind of, sorta, in a nutshell. Yeah, it's in a nutshell. It's it's uh, it's it's all right. It's all right. Yeah, it's all right. in a world. Called uh, England. Oh wait, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I, you know, uh, uh, just to uh, in the during the break, uh, you know, we heard uh, some uh, action attraction, Metal Mikey, and Metal Mikey actually put out another fucking show after a long hiatus. Hiatus. A heinous hiatus, which I gave him shit about. Come on, Mikey, let's pick it up. Get back in the game, bro. Hand. So, um. 
Yeah, so Boxcar Bertha is something I'd never seen. Actually, the earliest Scorsese film I'd seen, I guess, what, well, it doesn't get much earlier than this one, mm-hmm. but um, was Mean Streets. Um, I think Alice came after Mean Streets, correct? That maybe, yeah. that maybe came after Taxi Driver. Uh, anyway, the um, this is an interesting film because I didn't realize this while watching it, but I read a little bit afterwards, and um, I'm going to post this link, um, the Turner Classic Movies link, and there's another really good one, um, Ebert's original review of it. Um, they both talk about this. I read about this afterwards. Um, Boxcar Bertha was, is another Corman production, and we had, uh, with Corman, we had, you know, the... Um, the Tommy Lee Jones. God, I'm so fucking bad with name with Jackson with County Jail. Jackson County Jail, another Corman movie. And these definitely have a different kind of feel, but um Scorsese was picked up for this and it was going to be and you can kind of see the groundwork for it. It was gonna kinda be an apparently an exploitation movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, has some tits, has some guns, has some rednecks, and we got a good little Good little uh, money maker there, um, but what uh, what Scorsese did was take it and fucking almost make it like an arty film. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an interesting paragraph in the uh, in the TCM article it says uh, Roger Corman and the executives at uh, American International Pictures realized they had a uniquely talented director in their midst and assigned Scorsese to do I Escape from Devil's Island in Costa Rica with Jim Brown, mm-hmm. but Scorsese was destined for something greater than another AIP exploitation film. Next thing I know, he recalled, I showed a two and a half hour rough cut of Boxcar Bertha to a bunch of friends, Carradine and all the people of the picture, and Corman and Cassavetes. Cassavetes took me aside the next day and spoke to me for three hours. He said, don't do any more exploitation pictures. Do something that you really want to do, something better. Um, so yeah, uh, Scorsese, this is kind of like his jumping off point. So another another guy in the Corman school. But um, this is... a. Uh, I, I had never seen this. I think I said that already. Um, the uh, you can definitely see throughout the movie, um, I guess, elements of what of what Scorsese would kind of become. Like he was kind of playing around. It seemed like through the whole movie with some things that he might like to do. So you see a lot of his, I guess, trademarks throughout the film. He was already starting it that early. There was only one other film of his. Before this, and I'm, pr- I don't, I don't know anything about it. Do you know, um, his Scorsese's film? Hang on, the name of it is, ah, Oh, let's see. We had a short called The Big Shave. Who, who's knocking at the door? Yeah, 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 yeah. Who's, no, who's that knocking at my door? That one, um, I don't know anything about that one, but that's his first. It like, is on, um, I believe it's on Netflix, because the uh, the only reason I saw, I, I saw, because you'll hear on different things when, you're, when we were researching Boxcar Bertha, that Boxcar Bertha was Scorsese's first movie. But then I also, then I heard and some other stuff, or read and some other stuff, that it was his actually second movie. Yeah. And the reason, I saw this one, and what caught my eye was, it said Martin Scorsese, and it said Harvey Keitel. And uh, Harvey Keitel stars in it, and uh, I thought, man, I'd like to see this. And I don't know why I haven't, uh, haven't watched it yet. It's probably because I was busy watching Hobo with a Shotgun. 
<laughs> the um, we'll see with this uh, with that one. I think it must have been just an independently produced mm-hmm. film, as where you know Boxcar Birth is his first like I guess major quote unquote right. major release. Um, stars Barbara Hershey, David Carradine, and um, it says Barry Primus. He was okay. Bernie uh, Bernie Casey was probably Bernie better. Casey was better. Yeah, the um, who is from West Virginia? Woohoo! Nice. He was also in Black Gun. So. No, that we're tying it back. Um, Big football star. The um, I said uh, the uh, what am I note here? I won't complain about my plasma TV being filled up with Hershey's knockers, but mm-hmm. I do have to mention a set of undergarments so huge they could easily propel a small sailboat. Yes, the <laughs> yes. Um, I guess it's keeping it keeping it accurate. Uh, keeping it real. Her- Hershey is not afraid to uh, jiggle around in this one, and um, I'm okay with that. And she, you know, she, um, I had to look up how old she was because when I was watching it and I was kind of like, Ooh, you know, and I started thinking it was kind of like, Jesus Christ, she looks really young. Should I be like, uh, is, is this, this isn't like child pornography because I mean, that's just me. I just thought she looked, I thought she looked, uh, maybe 18, but I think she was like maybe 20 at the time. Okay. And Kung Fu was about 12 years older and he was, uh. He was uh, not only um, uh, riding her boxcar uh, <laughs> in the movie. He was uh, he was they were he, together he, for quite a while. That's cool. The, uh, Never got married, but they were like common law deal. And, and now she's with uh, that guy from Lost. The, um, you know that guy. The Saeed, his name was Saeed in Lost. Barb <sighs> Hershey married to him. Anyway, the. Um, and their kid is Natalie Portman. She's in ballet. <laughs> <laughs> so um, there's, there's, the, the movie opens up, and um, basically Carradine's a um, he's a, he, he protests. He's a he's Bolshevik a un- union, very man. very early Army. union kind of guy. Um, he's uh, do, organizing protests against the railroad and stuff like that. This this movie takes place during the Great Depression. I think you said that during the synopsis. The um, so there's some cool like moments, I guess, as Carradine's talking. So instead of just showing Carradine, you know, it goes in low angles of the crowd. It like mm-hmm. zooms like like zooms in on guys like squeezing baseball bats and stuff like that. And yeah, and you start to get those little stylistic flourishes, and that's and where you can see, okay, this isn't just some generic old movie. Classic Scorsese. Right, and then back to the giant <laughs> underpants. Um, there, there, it's it's pretty good. Um, how. I felt like they were pretty accurate as far as you know, little attention to details and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, you'd buy that this was that take this takes place during time. And there's even like there's a scene with Carradine and and Hershey where she's holding on his shoulder and she even has like dirt under her fingernails. So mm-hmm. it's like you know she's they're just kind of like country folk and they hop in trains and travel around in the South. And I think well, it takes place. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, her uh, and Carradine were hippies in real life, so they probably had dirt on their fingernails right. pretty much all the time, and right. hairy so, um, pits and stuff. There's a you, you get some of the Scorsese tracking shots that he became famous for. There's a really good one as the um, there's an escape, and he it's there's these giant piles of lumber and it tracks across. So you see down the aisles between the track the piles mm-hmm. of lumber as these prisoners are kind of running. And I thought it was a really neat shot. And there's another cool one. Um, in the they're like in an abandoned factory, and um, kind of it's going backwards as they're walking towards the camera. And I thought that was really cool, cool, t- cool touches. And again, Scorsese's known for those tracking shots. So, um, 
there's a re- there's a really funny oh and uh with the um the uh I'm sorry I just totally lost my train of thought the um there's a the a, a chase scene that I thought was really funny this guy must have uh Gary Busey must have given him some pointers on drinking before he uh, drove this car. <laughs> this sheriff drives his car, and fuck, this guy could not keep that fucking th- car on the road. <laughs> it's like he must have had some moonshine before he started the chase. The uh, he's running into trees and fucking like rolling down hills and stuff. <laughs> like this guy cannot drive worth shit. It's like that's the that's the exciting part. It's like the, when you're chasing somebody, they're driving in a straight line, and yeah. you're the only exciting element. Something's going wrong. So you almost expect after he wrecks to hear. Yeah, the um, yeah. Back to the that what I was saying. The attention to detail. The um, I was going to say this. You know, the South. I, I'm pretty sure this was filmed in the South, but it's a it's it's still I think to this day a good place around this these parts to do a um, to film a Depression era movie mm-hmm. on a on a tight budget because there's a lot of places like it's i mean obviously they filmed this movie in the 70s but you know there's an abandoned factory and there's mm-hmm. just like dirt roads and and it and you know you buy it and i think you know filming it down here it's uh it lends to the the, the look of it i thought the film like the setting was just perfect for what they were saying that I mean, where, where it was supposed to take place so mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, um, throughout the movie and you just see with the camera work and the angles and stuff like that, like I was saying that Scorsese just, he's laying the groundwork here for what his movies are going to become. Um, this is a, um, there's, you know, there's stylized gun, gun blasts through the movie, which that's fun. That's another, lots of shotguns. Yeah. Lots of shotguns. So tying it back to our first movie, the, um, the, the guns obviously were, the sounds were dubbed in. Mm-hmm. And they were fucking like explosions, um, and I think that's a stylistic approach that he took to kind of, I guess, increase the gravity of the violence. The violence is very in your face. It's not, oh, yeah. not exploitative at all. Um, mm-hmm. When something, when somebody gets hit or somebody gets shot, it's like, oh, yikes! You know, it's, it's, um, it's you, you take it more seriously. I think that way. Yeah. Um, the. Uh, well, I, I, I'm not going to get too much into the plot, but it kind of takes place over a few years. And I guess if I have any complaints, it, it, it's not exactly clear, like how long, how much time takes place. Uh, right, expi- uh, especially, especially, there was one part in particular, and I'm like, okay, is this supposed to be like a lot later? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess it was, but you know, it almost felt like when you were watching it. That it was just like a week later, but then yeah, yeah, I I know exactly what you're talking about. It was a little, it was a little confusing because it seems like this movie could take place over two weeks, and it could take place over ten years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not. I know by reading that it was supposed to be like over an eight year period, but it's not really made clear ever that that's the case. Um, I guess the depression's supposed to be over by the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, but I'm not sure exactly. So, the um the the fucking end of the movie. There's a, there's a scene that happens Ugh. in the, the last, I guess, 10 minutes. Yeah. And that, that scene, I'd say the movie for me was almost, almost average up to that point. Mm-hmm. That the, the, the last 10 minutes totally bump it up an entire point for me. Oh yeah. So, um, well, I'm not going to keep going on. So what did you, uh, what did you think of the movie? 
Well, I I liked it. Um, I thought Hershey uh, for her, you know, being um, pretty new to, you know, being in movies and stuff at the time. Um, and it's, it, it probably has a lot to do with, you know, her taking direction and everything, but, um, you know, she's a young girl and everything, but it, it, you could tell, I mean, it wasn't just like, you know, they took some young dipshit and put her in there and, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, I, I'd hate to say it, but like, if they put like Scarlett Johansson in the, in the role and she's just kind of like, you know, you could tell at first she had that, um, that innocent sexuality, like she didn't even realize, you know, like Carradine's kind of coming on to her or, or, or even at the beginning, you know, when she was with her dad and uh, like her dress would kind of like maybe come up a little bit or something like that. And the guys were like, Jesus Christ, you know, and everything. And she has no idea. Carradine kind of tries to seduce her and, and uh, the first time that, you know, they meet and she just like almost like oblivious. Cause she's almost like a, just a, kind of backward dumbass yeah. uh and, and just naive more than anything else um uh, i a lot of my notes say kung fu uh, <laughs> because uh like i said that was one of my favorite shows as a kid and of course Carradine. uh it was funny because in um um they have this on youtube in like 12 parts and um um i was watching um and I was reading some of the comments at the bottom, and uh, one of the guys said, "You know, when I was a kid, uh, you know, Kung Fu was one of my favorite shows. And when I saw uh, the passive uh, um, Shaolin monk Kwai Shang Kane, you know, getting it on with Barb Hershey, he goes, and I was just like, what the fuck?' <laughs> and he said it almost, it almost uh, broke my heart or something like that. Did, but um, um, I'm, I'm curious. I, I've never watched. I've, I've still not watched a, an entire movie on YouTube. What do they do with the nudie scenes? It was in there. Everything. Really? Oh yeah. I, I was. I was. Hang on a second. I was. Uh, I was surprised because I think I thought maybe they would cut it out. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting there watching it, and I was like, Jesus Christ, you know. So, which gets me because uh, maybe YouTube doesn't monitor a lot of that stuff. Because first, well, this I don't know if this is public domain or not. I it, I it, doubt it. I doubt, I doubt it. it. And uh, so that obviously shows you that sometimes they maybe they just haven't gotten around because there's a shitload of movies on there. If you click on one like. Uh, when I had Boxcar Birth up, that's where I found Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore on there. And wow. then that's where I found the, uh, the, um, the, the movie Invasion that Will was talking about. That's like some obscure Argent, you know, movie from Argentina. Uh, there's a lot of stuff on there. And now, like Moonrunners, it said it was public domain. Okay. You know, even on the thing. But I'm pretty sure that I, I may be wrong. Maybe this is. Maybe they didn't pick up the thing for it or whatever, the copyright. But uh, one of the comments, you know, the comments on it are pretty funny. Um, but like I said, uh, you'll see on YouTube where, say, you click on, you know, a thing for big wet asses. You know, it'll say, <laughs> you know, you have to sign in to show that you're of age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this movie basically has a, you know, nude sex scene in it that goes on a couple of them that go on for quite a you know for a little bit um kung fu david carradine uh kwai shen kane uh he in this movie is known as big bill shelley okay and the only thing i could think of when i heard his nickname was okay david carradine's not like a really big guy 
And uh, and so you know, usually if somebody's nickname is Big, or and he's not like a midget, so it's not like ironic, you know, we'll call him Big <laughs> even though he's really small. So you had to think in the movie, okay, he probably the character probably has like a really big cock. He's fucking sporting a baby arm down there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and if you've watched like uh, 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 the movie, uh, was it Cannonball? Where yeah, he plays yeah, Cannonball yeah. Buckman, and he's—I uh, think the Het said that you know talked about his pants being so tight that you could see his like urethra. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he looks like he's got a goddamn uh, salmon down his pants or something. Um, or fucking like uh, what Do- Frankenstein in the Death Race. Yeah, he's like in a leather diaper half the movie. You have, um, you have. Uh, I can kind of relate to this movie to an extent because. Uh, all the greater majority up until my dad's generation, the majority of my family on both sides were coal miners. Mm-hmm. And so if you've seen the movie mate one or, um, Harlan County, USA, there's a scene in Harlan County, USA from Farmington, West Virginia, which is about like, uh, I could pick a rock up from where I'm sitting right now and throw it. And I would, you know, it's right over the, as they say here, right over the hill from where I live. Mm-hmm. Um, but I uh, grew up uh, in Union, you know, uh, all my family supported the Union, stuff like that, because they had been through a, so much shit uh, where like this stuff in this movie. So it's really is accurate. Uh, they had uh, they called them the the uh, MacIvers, uh, which were, uh, you know, they they called, you know, gun thugs or or um, hired guns that the uh, the companies would hire uh, in. Um, uh, they, they were either Pinkertons or in like Matewan, they were the Baldwin Feltz sure. um, uh, detective agency. And they were basic mercenaries and they would come in and crack heads and do shit like that. Uh, so it's, it is realistic. And my, uh, my great uncle who was my grandpa's brother, uh, he was a, 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 just like big Bill Shelley he had a big cock, just like everybody else in my family. <laughs> um, no, he, uh, he was a union organizer and, um, you know, there my uh, great aunt who passed away uh, two years ago. Now uh, she was like 90, 94, 95 years old. Uh, told me a story that um, you know um, these guys came to my uncle and they said, "Hey, you know, we we want you to come down and um, um, we got some guys down here that are interested in uh, joining, and they want to talk to you and everything." And uh, so he said, "Okay, well, you know, then my uh, my cousin Anne Marie got sick, uh, her, his kid, and." Um, so he didn't go. And then the next day, you know, these guys, uh, this, some other guys came around and said, hey, it's a good thing you didn't go to that thing. And he goes, you know, well, why? And he said, they said, well, they were going to take you out and drown you and kill you. Yikes. So uh, a lot of the stuff that you see in these movies, you know, it's uh, it, like I said, this one is pretty accurate. And some of the shit that they did, um, you know, where it's just it's unbelievable. But uh, yeah, the, the the owners of the. Uh Ruthless as the hell. Tra- the train company right. like have these two henchmen, one with a Hitler mustache, but I guess in yeah. I guess in nineteen thirty it probably wasn't a Hitler mustache yet. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know. Chaplain, if it was a, chaplain, was it a mustache. chaplain mustache. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I've that, heard actually that Hitler grew that mustache to be more because relatable because it was Charlie Chaplin. He hated Charlie Chaplin, but realized that he was a very popular worldwide, so he wanted the mustache to uh to be more accessible or more like common to people. And they ruined that mustache for everybody. Oh. And let me tell you something. People. Michael Jordan can't even pull it off. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. If there, <laughs> and if, there, if there's anybody, we, we brought in uh, Loaf uh, uh, for his special skills on mustaches because he is a, uh, a, a, hist- a mustache historian. Oh, definitely. Um, 
David Carradine to uh, Bertha ever been with a man? <laughs> then he melts, and then, and and she's like, no. And then he just like climbs on top of her and starts fucking her. And that was and, that was the then, part where you see the giant underwears. Yeah, and then and then what's funny is he just. I mean, I guess maybe that's how she gets the nickname Boxcar Bertha because uh, he was banging her in on the on the hay and the boxcar, and they're just, they're, you know, he must just uh, rolled off. He must have screwed her so good that she 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 passed out from exhaustion, and then as soon as she passed out, he rolled off and just rolled off the boxcar because when she wakes up, she's just laying naked in the straw, you know, and he's <laughs> and he's got a fucking out. like dollar in her in her clothes. Yeah. Um, Let's see what else we got here on the uh, what what we uh, term as uh, what we call notes. Um, the ice cream notebook. There are some. We, we uh, Loaf has uh, talked about some movies that he's watched that has had some pretty colorful and uh, uh, racist language. Oh yeah. Uh, this movie is filled with it, which also makes it very realistic because, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, uh, growing up in West Virginia. And uh, growing up in the, uh, you know, uh, the very early 70s and on through, uh, yeah, you'd hear stuff like that all the time. And it's um, uh, some ugly shit uh, that they that they let let fly. And and Bernie Casey, who is this, uh, you know, big, strong, you know, man. uh, And it just shows you, you know, they they, you basically had to eat shit because they would say this stuff like. I couldn't imagine saying anything like this to anybody. And it was just like common vernacular. And they'd say it right in front of somebody, right to their face, you know, or whatever. And um, there's a scene, uh, just as an example, you know, um, there's a scene where, uh, and this is an example of how these people thought. Uh, Carradine, anybody that was uh, for the working man was a communist Mm-hmm. They, they would label you, you were a communist, a Bolshevik, uh, you know, because this was um, when um, after World War or during World War One, you know, of course, the uh, they had the Russian Revolution and the Bolsheviks took over th- Russia. Uh, and it was basically, you know, the, the the workers said, hey, you know, we're tired of you guys just totally fucking sober. And, and it eventually got perverted into something else. But uh, that that was a big thing, you know, Bolshevik, you scumbag, you know, you're probably walking around with these little round bombs, throwing them at people and sabotaging, you know, Trotskyite wreckerism. And um, uh, so they just thought that, you know, if you were if you were had anything to do with the union or they would label you as a communist and not like they would do stuff like that today. Um, But they, uh, Carradine and Casey and Bernie Casey and some other union guys are in, in, in a jail cell. And um, Carradine recognizes Bernie Casey from, he had known him before and he comes over and he's like, Hey, how you doing, man? Cause he was cool, you know? And he was like, Hey, you know, and gives him a hug and everything. And they come in and they say, uh, you know, that big Bill Shelley, yeah, I know he's a communist, a socialist, and a Bolshevik, but you know, worse than anything. Like, basically, they say you know, worse than anything else. Now I know he's a nigger lover. Yikes! And, and it was just disgusting. I mean, it it really just uh, it kind of turns my stomach. And even these days, I have a few friends who will like almost in jest or something will make comments yeah. that are to me very distasteful 
And I mean, it's like, geez, I mean, come on. This is 2000. Um, was it 2000? Uh, it's 12, 11. Yeah. Somewhere well, around. it's it's in the 2000s. Um, let's see. There's a one guy in this, and and uh, I'd have to, I've got the thing up, but I can't remember what his name is. And uh, he, um, you, I've, I saw him, and he was in the, I th- was that Rake, Barry Barry Primus, the guy that yeah, was like yeah. a Yankee. Rake uh, you'd see him, at, you'll see him in uh, the Sting, and um, some uh, uh, quite a few other movies. He plays a good little Weasley character. Yeah, he was a good little Weasley character, and it was funny how you know he's he's a he's a Yankee, and that's even probably there's only one thing worse than a Bolshevik, and da da da, you know, you Yankee. Um, so he and he's a pretty good actor. I mean, he I think uh, he's not he's a, a good character actor. Um, Carradine, uh, the next time that uh, he hooks up with Bertha, uh, Bertha and the Yankee guy are on the run, and they jump in a boxcar, and well, here's old, uh, Kung Fu sitting in there uh, uh, riding the rails, and uh, Bertha sees him and just kind of goes over and leans up against him, and Carradine, uh, you know, she's supposed to be with this Yankee guy, and Carradine just casually puts his hand on her tit and just rides down the rails with his hand on her boob. I think somebody's fucking repairing railroad outside my window. I, I heard that. I thought, are you even on here? <laughs> are you? Are you? While I'm talking, are you like putting up paneling or something? Um, I have no idea what the hell that is. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Um, something about the, the, the one of the comments was uh, this place is full of nothing but communists and coons. <laughs> uh, I was telling some of the people that I work with. Uh, there's there's because uh, I'm now getting old i actually work with people that could be my kids they're oh. like in the 20s and uh we were going over some of the uh, we were actually looking them up on the internet um uh some like racist slang and uh some of the words that they and they were like are you serious and i was like my grandma used to say that all the time uh let's see uh, let's see we saw we had a uh a, a, a use of a blackjack which is uh you know one of my favorite weapons um, nice uh, big piece of lead and uh, leather cracking somebody over the head. Uh, <laughs> tying it in with the silver and gold uh, podcast, uh, we have of course redneck sheriffs. Um, uh, one shotgun scene that was uh, you know, well I don't want to go. I mean, but uh, just shows you the ruthlessness of the uh, um, of these detectives. They're in a in a uh, jail and just shotgun people that oh, are in the jail yeah. cell like they're just I'm, and like not and the cops are just standing right there like nothing. Um, saw some nice uh, straw sombreros that the chain gang was wearing. <laughs> I like that. I, I'm a I'm a fan of sombreros and grizzly bears wearing jock straps and sombreros <laughs> uh, or other bears. Bertha, I think that uh, uh, Bertha probably didn't make too many friends because she was uh, seen with Bernie Casey, you know, and Carradine and them. But uh, she uh, tells one guy that she's going to Africa to dedicate her life to the black heathen. And uh, <laughs> and he says, uh, ain't you afraid them niggers are going to get you? Okay, no, I, yeah, that, but the one part about that was, um, like I said, uh, she um, – She's trying trying to uh, distract this uh, this guard, 
and uh, while they're changing a tire, and she, uh, when he's not looking, she just kind of keeps pulling her her dress up to show more thigh, and of course he's, you know, a fucking tongue falling out. Uh, Bertha, uh, the one thing I, I like when she starts kind of coming into her own with the gang, and she holds her own like they, they, they you know, they would. Uh, make comments to each other and everything. And uh, she kind of busts David Carradine's balls or big bill Shelley. She kind of busts his balls a little bit and says, uh, he says, uh, you know, Jesus Christ, at least I wasn't about to uh, hand my, him. I got, uh, hand that goddamn deputy, my ass on a platter. <laughs> and she says, as far as I can tell, he already had your ass or whatever. So, <laughs> you know, she kind of gave right back to him. That was kind of cool. Yeah. She uh, seemed to start having more fun. Yeah, she was having fun, and she she you know she kind of became like one of the guys. Yeah, um, we got to see David Carradine's bare ass. I think uh, I really I, thought you were going to see some dick there too. Yeah, well, not, uh, you know, of course we got to see his ass during the sex scenes, but there was one scene where he was changing clothes, and they were standing by the car, and he was pull- and and they like they could have waited like five seconds later, and had him like just doing his belt up, but they had to show him. Bending over and pulling his his trousers up from the ground, so he got a nice moonshot there. Um, this movie um, came on the heels of uh, the a really big hit, which was Bonnie and Clyde with uh, Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway. So I think they kind of went for. Uh, I think like when you said they were going to make an exploitation, a cheap exploitation movie. Yeah. I think at first they were going for let's make a, a, a cheap uh, Bonnie and Clyde knockoff. Yeah. And um, and like you said, it kind of it kind of went a little bit you know, different than that. There was um, a lot more. There was a lot of actual social commentary in there, you know, about um, and, and even the you know the different classes, the class system in America, and with like you know said so the working class, the uh, upper elite, um, and how like I said, racism and stuff like that. So there's there's a lot more to this than just a uh, you know. A, a drive-in movie, which I—that's I, how I remember it, you know, being sold as. And, and I think, um, I think that's a, a theme that Scorsese kind of returned to. Also, was like, you know, kind of like the uh, the odd man or odd people out kind of, and always going like against a greater force. And mm-hmm. it seems like a common kind of theme he would explore. Um, you got to see a. Um and I, I'm kind of glad, you know, like uh, even in the movie The Long Riders, where they had like you know David Keith and Robert Carradine and the different brothers in that movie, you got to see uh, John Carradine and David Carradine share the uh, share the screen here. And they had a, you know, uh, uh, John Carradine, you know, is a, a, a you know pretty famous older actor, um, and Carradine's uh, father. And uh, he plays the uh, head of the railroad, you know. So they had a nice scene where they were getting robbed. Um, the uh, the the Bertha, it was kind of funny, but it was kind of annoying when she kept making the detective sit up and stand up and sit down like over <laughs> and over and over. Oh, that that did have a good that did have a good payoff though when yeah. when they, it, it jumps to the next scene mm-hmm. and the guy's like sit down. So it's like well, the, she's saying, "Stand up, sit down." And then the, it goes to the railroad guy, and he's like, the, sit down. Um, "All the other guys when they're robbing, that's a, it was like a it showed how she was like you know like childlike and mm-hmm. you know very young because even Carradine and all of them they were 
when the when they were robbing places, you know, and stuff, they were like, "Come on, let's get the money, let's get out of here," you know. And they were, you know, they were all kind of amped up and nervous and everything. And she's like a kid, you know, playing a game. Um, now the sex scenes, apparently, um, they actually did like I don't know if they took stills or if they reenacted the scenes in pictorials for like Playboy. Uh, I had read that um, oh. there the. Um, I guess it was a it was a famous um, a famous uh, Playboy um, edition uh, that they put out at, when this movie was being made, and it was a. Uh, I thought I read that it wasn't actually stills from the movie. It was Carradine and Hershey actually did a pictorial where hmm. they kind of reenacted the sex scene and posed and stuff like that, and so you got to see David Carradine's ass in again Playboy. Uh, and, uh, you know, Bertha didn't look too bad, you know, uh, I remember Bar- Barbara Hershey growing up as being, you know, not being afraid to, uh, show some skin. She, and she, she is not up. like that. That's the kind of, that's the kind of lady I like. She's, mm-hmm. she's, uh, got a little belly. She's mm-hmm. got, she's got kind of a big bottom mm-hmm. and that's okay with me. And she's yeah. got nice, nice real tits. Yeah. 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 Her lips are a little skinny, but whatever. What can you do? Yeah. Well, and then she, she, uh, I think uh, I read somewhere where they, uh, like, people busted her balls there a little bit because at one point, like a lot of women in Hollywood, uh, when she started getting older, she went and uh, got some uh, glops of shit injected into her lips. And then uh, she got panned for that a lot because she's, you know, pretty serious actress. Like I said, you know, she was in Black Swan here just recently and you know she's an older lady now but she can as far as the acting chops go she can still bring it oh, yeah. she played a good crazy bitch in that um, <laughs> i like how they followed up on the yankee con man you know because um at first even though he was a criminal he was kind of an inept criminal yeah and and you could see where that kind of uh that kind of stuck with him and in a later scene where they could have just let that go and just had him carry on being like that, uh, his ego or whatever. He he does something to, you know, something foolish, and because you know you could see where like um, if if you were almost kind of marked as a, a coward or something like that, and then later on as a man, you know, you're like okay, I, I I'm not, you know, but it ends up not being the right thing to do. He'd have been better off being a coward. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's one part that kind of, uh, that kind of took me out of it for just a brief moment. They started playing like, kind of like almost like a seventies, early seventies, like rock music, mm-hmm. like a this guitar music that yeah. just didn't fit the period. Uh, and uh, it's like, a, uh, I think it's like when uh, Bertha, this, this cop was chasing Bertha. And uh, I don't understand. I guess he was just, uh, you know, frustrated. Uh, he decides to just shoot a barrel for no reason. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the fuck did he just shoot that barrel for? I mean, was a, you know? That was a really well shot scene. Yeah. And I guess testament to uh, how much I was. It's dizzying. And I really like the way it was done. And uh, more I read about it is that um, when the first test things came back and they're like, the, the the producers looking at it were like, all there was was fucking two and a half hours of trains rolling around. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, it's it's a very, you know, it's it's nice style in that scene. I really like the, uh, 
it probably helped that he was filming next to train tracks too, being able to yeah. roll around like he was. But oh yeah, yeah. The um, he didn't have to didn't have to uh, lay any tracks down to do those yeah. shots. Yeah. So it, it, I, I thought that, and that's testament to how much I was tied up in the what it looked like because I totally forgot about the uh, the music change. Yeah, I it was just weird for me. I was like, what the what the hell was, did they put this? In? Maybe it was just kind of um, because at the time, like, it, okay, this movie was what. Uh, what year was it? 72. 72. So it was pretty close to the 60s, and there was a lot of, uh, you know, uh, turmoil and stuff like that in the country. Sure. And, you know, and it was pretty, still pretty close to that, uh, you know, to the to the 60s. So they might have added that music to kind of show. They could, I think they, they kind of always said that they did that a little bit with Bonnie and Clyde, that it was, uh, you know, because of all the stuff in the 60s, that these were like anti-heroes and everything. So they may have added, you know, a little bit of more modern music just for that one scene, uh, just to kind of, you know, I don't know, whatever. Right. Get a little bit too deep here, and I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, uh, Bertha, I, I, you know, you could see that in a lot of scenes uh, where they were about ready to get pinched, um, she was ready to go, go right with them, and you know, Carradine was like, you know, get out of here, go, go, go. He would actually be caught, and he'd be like, go, you know, get out of here. And, yeah. And she, she didn't want to leave him. Um, she takes up a uh, profession to make some money, uh, and that's where it kind of, um, I think that's where they kind of lose uh, uh, or put a little, you get a little confusion about the time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because. Um, I the way it appeared to me as I was watching it is that she seemed like she was only there for you know a week or something like that maybe a couple of weeks and I think that it actually was supposed to be years. Yeah, I think so too. And it, it I don't know, it wasn't yeah. and that's kind of close to the tail end of the movie but at right. that point it started to lose me a little bit. Right. Yeah, it did. It did it it, it kind of just got uh, there were some weird shit um uh, um, the place where Bertha works, uh, for some reason, some old man was trying to impress the ladies by eating glass. Uh, <laughs> and he was drunk, and she's like, here he goes again. He's doing it again. <laughs> uh, again, tying the two movies together, shotguns and eating glass. Yeah, and, and you know, uh, if there's one thing that, you know, if you want to get a woman uh, to impress him is uh, eat glass. And, and I'll be honest with you, um, if you're in a whorehouse, I don't think you really have to impress the women doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> I like the anthropologist guy. Uh, I'm an anthropologist. Oh, no, 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 I'm not here. I'm an anthropologist. I like that. And she was like, you know, just get in here and munch on my muff. <laughs> um, there was uh, some symbolism uh, there at the end. Um, uh, sort of s uh, martyrish. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, whatever symbolism you and can it, see it, it on the poster too yeah yeah so we're not giving anything away if you look at the movie post which when we were starting this i i hadn't really looked at the movie poster yeah I still, the, so we'll, we'll still not talk about it but right right but the movie you know, poster can spoil can some things that happen right but i mean when i generally looked at the poster all i was looking at was barbara hershey yeah uh, um and uh bernie casey um yeah he's a bad motherfucker that fucking last scene is, <laughs> oh, and 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 again, you see a lot of uh, Scorsese's little stylistic flourishes in that last yeah. scene too that would come back again. So, um, no, 
Um, I was I was just thinking of something, but that would be that would be giving some or too much away. That's but cool. um, I just remember growing up, like I said, growing up in the '70s and stuff. Barbara Hershey was one of these um, kind of like with Karen Black and um, oh my God, the one that was in um, uh, Fast Walking with uh, James Woods. Oh, hang on a second with the dead air. Um, um, I think she's a better actress than um, than uh, Karen Black was a pretty good actress, but uh, Kate Kay Lenz. There were like uh, three different women that were kind of in in um, either sleazy movies or movies that uh, if you knew they were in it, you were going to probably either see some tit or some sleaze. Yeah, and yeah. it was Kay Lenz, uh, uh, Barbara Hershey, or I'm sorry, Seagull, uh, Barbara Seagull. Uh, that's a long story. And, and uh, Karen Black. and uh, But um, she was kind of a uh, sex symbol back then. And... Uh, like I said, I haven't seen this one in a long time, and it's kind of cool to go back and see Carradine when he was, you know, that young. And uh, and uh, this wasn't the first thing that they were in together. Uh, they they actually met on a, uh, I think it was a TV show. It was like a western, and uh, that's where they first met and first actually uh, got together and fell in love. And like I said, they were together for quite a long time uh, as, uh, you know not man and wife, but they lived together and everything. And uh, they were really into the hippie uh, counterculture stuff. And I think uh, she actually said, you know, she she kind of got away from him because uh, he was dropping some acid or doing something, or I think it was peyote or something. And he went like, uh, he was hallucinating really bad and just went into a neighbor's house and smashed through the window and cut his arm like really super bad. And, um, you know, was just in there chanting and naked Jesus. or something. And so after that happened, she kind of told him to hit the bricks and broke up with him. Mm. And uh, later on, I think she may have done a biography. I can't remember. Uh, but I read that uh, she admitted that uh, her time with Carradine uh, kind of hurt her career. Mm. Uh, because there for a while, and if you lived back then, they were like inseparable. And... Um, you know, if you saw Carradine, he put her. She was in on Kung Fu uh, at least, you know, a few times, and uh, you know they were like, uh, you know, attached at the hip. And and uh, you know, Carradine as an actor, like I said in one of our many episodes, like with Serpent's Egg, and uh, well, you know, um, Bound for Glory, you know, that was nominated for an Academy Award. He was in some good movies. And and I think that he can act, but I'd never have thought that he was a great actor. Right. Even though Ingmar Bergman said that he was the best actor he ever worked with, which <laughs> I and and Ingmar Bergman worked with like Max von Sydow and some really top notch actors. So I don't know what I think Ingmar might have been uh, fucking on the peyote also. Too. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, I think that uh, once she she kind of broke away from him and kind of got away from the whole seagull hippie thing. Um, she started, you know, did Hoosiers and, uh, you know, uh, Paris Trout, Hoosiers, Black Swan. I mean, a lot of good stuff and uh, got a lot of recognition for what she was doing. Cause there for a while she couldn't get uh, really good work. The only thing she could get was like, you know, TV or exploitation, stuff like that, because yeah. nobody was taking her seriously. So anyway, that's a little, uh, 
of the Hershey Highway. Uh, and if you want to hear the Hershey Highway song, I can't believe that's as, we got this far without without yeah. saying we we made boxcar jokes, but no Hershey Highway jokes. I used to um, I had for a long time uh, all all the songs from the Gentleman's Guide and what episodes <laughs> had each song, and I think I threw it away. But uh, you'll have to go back and find. Uh, uh, visit the Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema. They bring cra- class to trash since 1977. You can go back and look at some of their archives, and you might actually uh, stumble across the uh, the uh, famous or infamous uh, Hershey Highway song, <laughs> which was dedicated to Barbara Hershey. Cool. So, All right. Go. Well, I guess we'll get into our scores and stuff. Um, you know, I've I've pretty much uh, well gushed a little bit on the movie. It, it's it surprised me. I didn't know. Obviously, didn't know what to expect being such an early film, but uh, it's a definite jumping-off point for Scorsese's career. There's a lot of stuff in there, and um, pretty well acted. Um, it does meander a little bit in the middle and gets a little lost in the timeline as near towards the end. Mm-hmm. The end, like I said, brings it up definitely in score. Um, I give it, I'd say overall, I'd give it a seven out of ten. Um, it's it's solid. Uh, I think if it was from a different like producer. If it was made a little later in Scorsese's career, it could have been a, a, a masterpiece. But mm-hmm. I think he was working with limited stuff, so it probably made a big difference the, 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 as far as the script goes and stuff. So anyway, yeah, seven out of ten from me. Yeah, I I say that's pretty fair, and I I I'd echo your uh, rating, and I would also say that um, more than likely. Um, we'll probably be seeing this remade in the next uh, couple of years because Hollywood just remakes everything. And um, <laughs> I imagine that the, you know somebody will see this and they'll say, hey, you know what? I think that Ryan Phillippe and um, you know who the fuck knows some dipshit. They'll put, <laughs> they'll put her in there. Uh, Juno. Juno oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Ryan Phillippe or uh, you know uh, Josh Lucas or somebody like that. And uh, we'll just we'll just do it all over again, and I'm sure that it will be really good. And um, you know, hey, as long as they're making movies, it's shit. Awesome. Well, hey, well there we go. Two sevens. Seven. So it's a fourteen. A fourteen. Whereas Hobo with a Shotgun was like a negative (laughs) ten. It was almost. It was almost a ten. Well, if you use the math that uh, Bernie Casey was using in Boxcar Bertha. That did do some long division. That was crazy. That's the first time I've ever seen long division in a movie before. He was trying to divide, uh, what was it, 12,000 by four and struggling. So, you know, but hey, (laughs) more power to him. Cool. All right. We're going to take another break and uh, we'll be back. We got a couple little voicemails this week for feedback and uh, we'll be right back to do those. Giggity, giggity. Are you tired of film podcasts where the hosts exist in a constant, blissful state of agreement? I mean, the main, the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film. Well, you're in luck. Let me introduce you to Chinstroker and Punter. One is an ex-film student with a penchant for David Lynch and hard cinema. The other is a man on the street. Listen in perplexed and horrified terror as we tear apart one film a week. Just really, it's isn't. not visually striking. No, I'm just just getting confirmation. It's just in That's the third time, though. I mean, am I, is this is on. You can find us at chinstrokerversuspunter.podomatic.com. So come and share the victory. If you could fuck any man in film, who would it be and why? My answer is Lance Henriksen. Oh. You, you wouldn't tell. He looks like somebody. <laughs> he looks like somebody who can keep a secret. Please. 
What a fucking rocking song that is. Rockin'. More, more gits for your ear holes there. So, all right. We're going to do some feedback. We got a couple voicemails this week. Nothing else from Horace, unfortunately, but uh, that's okay. Um, he, he did send a picture in to the uh, Silver and Gold group, though. He did. Um, yeah. Before uh, we get into... Um, before we get into feedback, there's something I wanted to talk about at the beginning of the show. The um, <clears throat> I, I, I'm not going to say my my full name on here, but if you're f- friends with us on Facebook or anything, you could figure it out. But um, so back in college, I did a I remember doing a I guess a web search. I don't know if Google's around then, but because um, you look for my name on the internet and discovered there is a porn director with the exact same name as me. Um, Zom actually mistakenly thought I was the porn director and it's the only reason he really did the podcast, but now he's kind of tied to me, so there's nothing he can do about it. Yeah. But, um, so I got Sob. this, <laughs> I got this weird, um, email this, this past week from a German guy. Um, and it's tied. Okay. So I, d- I do graphic design stuff and I have a website. Um, on this website, I guess my resume or something is on there. So this guy found my name. So he thinks he's talking to a porn director slash graphic designer. Nice. This this guy, he's 88 years old, and uh, he's a type designer. He designs fonts. So he wrote me this email, and it's hilarious. Um, he said, uh, Dear Alex, I saw one video you directed. It is very nice. Do you make more of this kind? Jassy is a rally nice girl. I'm 88, but always interested in sex, even though even no girl will do it with me. Under that, I suffer much. Therefore, I look such videos by contenting myself. I think you can't understand that. Please inform me about your productions. And then he tells me he's a type designer, and he's made handwriting fonts and stuff like that, and he sent me an example of his work. And So <laughs> I'm in this weird situation. Like, Do I want to break this old man's heart? Or, I mean... And say, yeah, I've never actually directed anything. That's this Czech- Czechoslovakian uh, dude that just happens to have my name that's directed the Gangbang Angel series, amongst others. But <laughs> Dirt, Dirty little cocksuckers, one through eight. <laughs> I was very proud of those. <laughs> F- fuck, fuck you assholes, one through six. <laughs> Man, dude, I'm telling you, if I would have known that you have done all this stuff, I would have bowed <laughs> at your feet. So yeah, the, kitty kitty. This, <laughs> this poor old man thinks that he's made this kindred spirit that's a graphic designer and really into porn. The the subject of the email was your sexy video with Jesse. So I was wondering at first how he got my name and tied the two together, but I, he got it through my website. He sent it to my website email. So I thought that was pretty funny. So deep um, in the deep in the cream, uh, coconut cream pies, and uh, deep in the cream five. Come on in. Uh, we're, we're, we're exceptional. Um, we're going to be reviewing, we're going to try and review, uh, dirty little cocksuckers one. We're going to do, you know, where they have the, um, the, um, uh, double douche. Well, we're trying to figure out a, 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 something that An we can call. <laughs> uh, there's, there's eight, uh, dirty little cocksuckers. And uh, we're gonna try and hit them all. It's those dirty be... little cocksuckers. We need to. We need to get on those dirty little cocksuckers. I feel like we may be able to span those reviews together. They might be. But um... I will be honest with you. In 2001, your take on Brazilian boy chicks. <laughs> 
we could co- we'll let Sammy and Will cover that one. Yeah, that's more up their alley, I think. I don't know what you should do. I mean, you know, that that's that's pretty goddamn funny. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this poor guy um he, he he's got a even has a photo on his little uh example of work he sent me. I mean, he does good-looking work, but he's just this little old bald dude and he's oh, he looks so sad. I could just imagine this poor 88-year-old man trying to jerk his limp cock to this trash that my namesake has put out. <laughs> I, I need to figure out when he said Jesse, your sexy video with Jesse. I need to figure out who Jesse is and when which video he was referring eh, to. It's hard to tell. So anyway, uh, let's get into some voicemail. Uh, this show is getting very, very, very fucking long. <laughs> so um, here is our first voicemail in just a second. <laughs> um, we got a couple familiar uh familiar voices this week so here is the first voicemail i just got a cold chill oh mr rip what is that smell why it's the smell of a very first Mother Mikey, phone call to silver and gold. Oh, yeah. Okay, enough of that. But anyways, finished up the first official numero uno episode of Silva and Gold today. And it was indeed a golden experience. You loaf, you zom. You deliver a fine, part excellent podcast that, like I said on Facebook, is definitively a spiritual successor to the legend that Bill and Rick set out in Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema. My hat is off to you, and it's also off because I'm not wearing a hat right now. What am I wearing right now? (laughs) I think he's wearing um, short overalls with one strap undone Mm, (laughs) yum okay here we go Uh, okay but anyways thoughts on episode one officially because i was not able to hear episode zero i might have to go back and see if i can find it but ah topics right up okay jake mcguard huge i love you man but we gotta take a dividing line here mia jovovich Yes, she is indeed hot. She isn't bitch, unfortunately bitch. hot enough to save Ultraviolet, but then again, you know, the only way Ultraviolet could have been saved was if it was a movie that just basically featured her with her boobs out and her badge pretty much just pressed up against the camera lens. That may have been the only way that movie would have actually passed muster. <laughs> I think but I recorded Mia that Jorovich, yes, hot. Vote over here. And... Hmm, you did bring up a side movie that, I don't know, I'd like to hear somebody talk about, maybe you guys, namely one Jonah Severance vehicle. Oh, God, I was about to call it Model by Day, which is one of my personal favorite guilty pleasures, and I can't even remember who stars in Model by Day, but it certainly wasn't Joan Severance, although I was first introduced to Miss Severance via Black Scorpion, so there it goes. Maybe somebody out there could talk about Black Scorpion sometime soon. And finally, I do owe it to myself to get off my ass and watch Yakuza because you hear about my viewing habits, people. You know, I'm pretty much wallowing in the dreck 
and the dumpster. It's like I am in the Dianoga pit on the Death Star <laughs> in Star Wars A New Hope constantly when it comes to my cinematic viewing. So I do owe it to myself <laughs> to watch the Yakuza, but a few thoughts about No Holds Barred. Yeah, it's quite the classic in its own way, you know, you jackasses. But, uh, <laughs> oh, God. I'm not even sure how to fully summarize that. I mean, you did have a excellent play. It is one of those so bad, it is genuinely entertaining films. I mean, I can even pop it in by myself and just enjoy it. But it, there is something added to the experience when you watch it with friends. In fact, the last time I did show it to a friend, she kept commenting every time Zeus would show up and yelling out, Devo! Oh, and you were talking about Hulk Hogan's questionable clothing? Come on, let's talk about Zeus. Come on, let's bring up Zeus already. What with his Venetian blind steel plate shoulder pads? And of course, you know, just in case you forgot who Zeus was, he does have disease on the side of his head. Because, you know, that's the sign for Zeus. Hulk. Hulkan. Or maybe I'm actually channeling the ultimate warrior in that one. Uh, but anyways, cannot wait to hear more. Silver and gold. Piccolo. Dr. Zom. Keep it up. And who knows? Maybe if you keep it up, you will both inspire me to actually be like a man on two-fiber diet. Regular with action attraction. I already dipped my toes back in the pool again this week. More is coming up. But anyways, you both take it easy. I will talk to you later. All right, take care, guys. Bye. All right, Metal. Mr. Metal Mikey. That's why I played his um <clears throat> played his uh promo this week. So uh, get a little Metal Mikey brings it. Get the word out. Um, yeah, just that's like funny. Alex Ladd and dirty little cocksuckers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you just said my name. That's okay. The uh, Oh, fuck. No, I didn't. I said a fucking porn director's name. Oh, right, right, right. It's okay. It doesn't matter. The, um, uh, it's funny that that's, uh, we're going to get two, um, Hulk Hogan snarling things this week because, uh, the next voicemail does that too. So, um, another familiar voice here. Let's play this again. Let me make sure it's ready to go. There we go. Oh, weak sauce, boys. You let the automated chipper man chime in uh, and direct us to leave a voicemail. I need to but fix hear that. you guys on there. Uh, anyway, listen, it's really uh, I'm two episodes. I'm actually technically three episodes in if you count zero. I, I adore what you guys do. Um, I'm so proud to have you guys kind of fly under that banner. Uh, you know, as being in line with us, man. It's <laughs> You guys show fucking fantastic. Just some points I've taken over the past few episodes. Uh, I'm back to lengthy voicemail. None of the shows apparently uh, Gold, my friend, 64, amazing. He played four-player multi-mode Zom. Uh, I used to spin a few with a few friends and uh, get lit up and play that. Power weapons uh, in, oh, God, what level was it? I can't remember now. Fantastic stuff. Um, one of you guys mentioned something called the man who loves cat dancing. What the fuck is that? I need to see it now. Um, I love the whole DP and then Alex unwittingly... Uh, being punny and saying, you know, I'm kind of torn and I'm um, catching it, so good to get on you guys. Uh, good point about It Man with the English actors. I think part of it and part of the reason, obviously, the voice work is, is so poor. I mean, it, it is going to be poor regardless because it's, it's adopted and, you know, dubbing is an art and it's an underappreciated art, certainly in films. It's done well in like Eurocrimes, obviously. Um, 
one of the reasons those characters are just so fucking black hat is a lot of it has to do with this rising tide of of Chinese nationalism you see in films. You've seen a lot more films that are really about how great China is as a country and reflecting back on their history as a country. Uh, I'll take Friends of Eddie Coyle over Yakuza. Sorry, I love both, but Coyle just rings a little bit deeper for me. Um, I'm really sad to hear the talk that Brutus might be a power bottom. That kind of breaks my heart. <laughs> um, I love the talk of long ass cracks. <laughs> In songs when they first came out, man, Zom, you got to post some pictures of you from high school on your uh, Facebook, man. I got to see it. I got to see you in in the spaghetti strap gold gym shirt with a poncho and Zubaz on. You can't front like you didn't have Zubaz and uh, thick tongued cons, man. Did you ever have any Zubaz pants? Who, me? Yeah. No. <laughs> okay, here we go. Sorry. No, do, do, do. Um. Yeah, the spandex and cowboy boots that, that Hogan wears and no holds barred. I mean, that review is, I think anyone wants a, a little taste of what you guys are all about and what you're going to be all about. That's really the way to go, man. That review, uh, you know, I'm doing physio right now. I got uh, herniated disc in my back. It's fucking painful as anything. And listening to your review was bad because it made me, you know, laugh and, and be more pain, but it also kind of <laughs> made me get through my physio a little bit. So I, I appreciate that, guys. Uh, confessional time. I wanted cowboy boots when I was in high school. I wanted milk chocolate colored cowboy boots, suede, something a little more tasteful and refined. Um, what else do I got here? Uh, oh, Foster and Willis. Yeah. Terrible film. Hostage. I saw that in theaters. Piece of shit. State of Grace is great. <laughs> Tom, you should, uh, uh, I was going to say, well, Loaf, you should check it out. It's fantastic. Um, Mila Kunis is Russian Zom. She's fluent in Russian. Um, I think you might have watched the worst triple bill in the history of viewing with Van Helsing, Whiteout, and uh, Max Payne. That's fucking terrible, man. What a glutton you are. Um, Hellboy, I've always found those ones very mediocre. Selma Blair, that, that kind of fits your, your game Zom, I guess, at this point, man. You're into the, the twink-looking uh, games, but, you know, it seems me to Mila Jovovich. As we said before, sorry, can't do it, man. Um, she's a broom with better hair. Uh, Sonatine, not a big fan of, not a big fan of a lot of Takeshi Kinoshiro's films from the early 90s. I'm in the minority on that. Um, I don't ever want to know anyone who sniffs hot dogs. He's son of a bitch. And uh, I also think that Joe Don Baker does look like a large mouse bass. Large, large mouse bass, and I never realized it. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch! You son of a bitch! I kill you, motherfucker! <laughs> All right, we'll call, we'll call back one more time. Hang on. Son of a bitch. Also, I meant beat Takeshi, not Takeshi Kaneshiro. And at the end of my episode of my voicemail, I was hulking up. I wasn't laughing like a marionette, an overweight marionette. That's all. Ta ta. Ta. Uh, yeah, the uh, I don't know, I'm surprised Will didn't like Sonatine. Of all of all, he just said that was what I pulled out. But I'm really surprised he didn't like that one. I don't. Have you? Did you say you've seen that? You seen, no, I, I, I don't think so. Really good, really good. Um, so yeah. I think it's his back. He seems. He seems. I think. I think because he's in chronic pain right now, he seems really bitter, like <laughs> towards towards women, especially women with small breasts and minorities. Uh, 
I think. Yeah, you racist. know, it, it just, you know, I, I, I'll be honest with you, Will. Okay, dude, you know, just to cheer you up, I might, I, I, I might just uh, have to send you up a pair of nice cowboy boots. Uh, I like, you know. I like how uh, brown suede cowboy boots, boots makes them a little more stylish. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I thought everybody in Canada wore cowboy boots. Yes. Oh, I forgot to mention. I totally made me think of it. In uh, Iron in um, Iron Heart, what, what Iron? Whatever the fuck I watched, though with the 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 Bolo movie that wasn't really Bolo. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, not only did they have the um, uh, the dance club with all the horrible fashions and horrible music, they show a little. Um, they show the police force kind of training in um, self defense. And some of them are fucking wearing the Canadian tuxedo version of a karate gi. It has denim top and bottom. It's insane. Nice. Nice. <laughs> you can't beat that. So, oh, uh, yeah. That's, well, uh, go ahead. In, in uh, The Man from Hong Kong, or, uh, yeah, the um, uh, when they were parasailing, or not parasailing, hang gliding. Because, you know, that's one thing I thought that I forgot to mention is um, – there for a while, like hang gliding was like really big. Yeah, I think like yeah. Burt Lancaster might have made a hang gliding movie, and <laughs> uh, you know James Coburn had hang gliding in his movie. What the fuck happened to hang gliding? <laughs> I mean, that's just like out of the out, you know out of the blue. I'm bringing that up, but you it know went, it what, went the way of, of uh, roller skating and slap bracelets. Well, I think most of the people that did it are probably like dead, you know. Uh, but um, when the, when the, the hang glider like glides in at the very beginning and uh, to like you know the Hong Kong police are training, and they have like you know because it's hot over there and they're doing their you know marching and they have like shorts on and the, you know the khaki shorts, the khaki shirt and everything, and they have boots on that look like uh, I don't know what the, what do they call those uh, uh, fucking like uh, they almost look like not motorcycle boots but like uh, they. What are they, conductors, boots, or something oh, yeah, like yeah. that? I don't know like Andy called. Griffith used to wear. Right. You know, on the Andy Griffith show. <laughs> oh, with shorts on. So, you know, I don't know. I don't, I, but you know, no, I'll be honest with you. I never, I literally, I'm not even joking, never had a pair of Zubaz pants. I'm, I'm um, disappointed. Yeah, my fashion sense has not changed since I was probably in uh, sixth grade. <laughs> I told somebody I, I never can look back at pictures and say, oh, my God, look at that shit, because I pretty much am T-shirt and a pair of jeans and tennis shoes or something like that and never have never have changed. They just get bigger and bigger <laughs> in the cock, in the crotch, and, you know. I understand. I mean, you got to yeah. leave room down one leg, one trouser leg. So. Oh, yeah, definitely. Great. That's our Jeez. epic length show this week. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was still adding, we're, we're going on like four hours and I'm talking about goddamn hand gliding <laughs> at the end. Uh, that's all right. That's all right. We're, we'll have some people fast forwarding this week. So um, we, uh, I guess we should probably have pleasantries or something, but um, most of our friends are all over on palaver.com, P-A-L-A-V-R.com. And um, you can check out all, all the podcasts over there, outside the cinema gentleman's guide or, and, um, you know, is Hamicus on Palaver? Girls on film. Girls Woo! on film. Uh, Action attraction is not on Palaver, but I try to check out Mikey. So yeah, all those, all those fun people. Uh, we have a Facebook group. Um, I guess I don't have enough people still to give it a custom name, so it's still some ridiculously long, uh, long number for the name. But um, you can look for Silva and Gold on Facebook groups and surely find it there. Um, 
There's a so, lot of hijinks on the uh, a lot of hijinks. Yeah. Our running theme now is uh, what would a silver and gold mine produce? So send us feedback or jump in on the Facebook uh, Facebook group. And um, and I just totally went blank. Yeah. Tell us what you would find <laughs> in a yeah. silver and gold mine. And um, uh, as for feedback, you can always feedback us at 206-339-1600. Or send us an email, silvergoldpodcast at gmail.com. Um, next week, we are covering two films. Uh, still trying to figure out exactly how we're going to relate them to each other, but we'll figure out something, I guess. It doesn't really matter. Uh, 1975's uh, Lucio Fulci Western, Four of the Apocalypse, some Tomas Milian action. And uh, Johnny Toe's film from 2006, Exiled. Uh, sorry if the gentleman covered that. I, we can't remember, but um, should be should be fun to cover those two films. Well, after the Mila Jovovich comment from uh, Large William, fuck if em. they did cover it, fuck them. <laughs> so, In yeah. your face, bitch. In your face. All right. So uh, I love those love those guys. Love them. Yeah. Listen to Gentleman's Guide. They they really need our help right now. So. Yeah, they're, they're struggling. Struggling so. a little bit. All you um, guys, make sure to go go download them, send them feedback because they're they won't they won't be able to do it without us. So they're just getting started and uh, they're they they're doing their best. We know. So yeah. we'll send them some love. So anyway, uh, that's it for this week, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. And until then, this is Loaf Oot. Samoot. So